Blog Talk Radio.
pour out our praise to you only.
Hi guys, how are you today? So, uh, I want to share with you again another vision from from God. And I got it uh, after my afternoon prayer, like around 3 p.m. Uh, yesterday. So, uh, basically, the vision was, I saw myself laying on my bed, and I think I was like sort of napping or something. But anyway, I was laying on my bed when suddenly two angels came to me. It's a huge angel. <laughs> angels, I have to say. They are big. So, um, one of the angels is, um, is a male and the other is female. Uh, at least, that is my impression. And then, um, they woke me up. Uh, they said something uh, which I cannot, I cannot share with you the detail because uh, this is really personal, and I'm not allowed to set it out. But what this angel did is basically they woke me up because the the time is up. So what I did, I didn't say a word. I just wake up, and then um, when I look to the right, yeah, uh, to the window, and all of a sudden I see a translucent path going up to the sky. So this this translucent path is like 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 small like like small road and it's a white translucent. So you can see through. And then I saw myself walking on it and then at the same time I also looked down and you know what I saw? The whole earth is nothing but fire. Everything burns. I mean, like, I can see the trees, and the trees is burned, is black, burned, without shape anymore. I mean, like, I was so shocked, and I was, I was puzzled, and I said, what is that? And then God, uh, God told me, that is the condition of the earth, actually, in spiritual a spiritual realm. If we look at it in a spiritual eye, that is how the earth looks right now. All is chaos, fire everywhere. It's it's a mess. It's a completely mess. Everywhere you look is nothing but mess. So and then uh the vision changed, all of a sudden I saw Yahshua and I got to tell you <laughs> He's so handsome. I mean, like he's wearing the uh, the shepherd clothes, and he also have the talit over over his head. Yeah, I can see his face. His face so handsome. I mean, like for us girls, I just saw three eleven, three eleven guys. <laughs> so when uh, I mean, like for girls, you. He's just going to be hysterical <laughs> to see how handsome our master is, yeah, our Lord is. So um, anyway, he was he was wearing the the shepherd clothes with a talit over his head, and then on his I think on his left hand, on his left hand he holds a staff, yeah, the shepherd staff, you know the the long one, and then round at uh, on the head is round like that. And then he pointing like this, yeah. He's pointing to the view behind him, 
and the view is the most beautiful green pastures you can ever met. I mean, like everything is green. I mean, like the sky is blue, and then you can see the the wind blowing, the breeze. I mean, like it's it's really nice. I mean, like the the vision is clear. I mean, the, the world is already is already in chaos. God came in the, in the appointed time to take me away to His sanctuary, to His place, to where He is. So, anyway, this is what I want to share with you. So, and I mean, like I just want to encourage you all. Come on, we are waiting for something really big, and it is worth it. To be waited for. I mean, like we're waiting, Yahushua. <laughs> Come on, don't. I mean, like, <clears throat> don't give up. Never give up. God will come at the appointed time. That in our time, that's why remember. Remember when you said the the the, the Lord's prayer. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, it's a statement. Only His will will be done. Not ours. Jesus said to Father, "It's it's your will, Father, not mine." So how come we can be so prideful, yeah, and so bold to say to God, "I want you to come now in my time"? No, you cannot. He is your King, for goodness' sake. In front of Him, you have to humble yourself. God led me to humility, purity. Uh, holiness and wisdom. Yeah, that's what God leads me to. I mean, like, come on. Please, soften your heart. Soften your heart. Open your heart and open your eyes to receive Jesus, to receive Yahushua. He is love. He is nothing but love. Last night I was being... I was filled with His love and I was just, all I can do is just sobbing because you know what? His love is so pure, unquenchable, and so sincere. Like, you cannot, you cannot just, you cannot just reject it. He just, I think He just gave it a little bit feeling in me. This is my love. I think if, if He gave me the whole lot of it, <laughs> I will die. I will die. I will perish because I cannot stand it. Because the love is just way too big. God approaches me with love. Always, every encounter is about love, and through His visitations, it's about love. It's all about love. I mean, like I keep on crying because you know what? I don't feel worth it. I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to receive that kind of love. It was amazing. It was amazing love. In the spirit, I keep on saying to him that, you know, I want him to be with me all the time. Never let me go. Never let me go. Never ever let me go. Because without him, I cannot live. For all this time, I'm looking for the my true love. I can't find it on earth. Only in Him. And in, I know that right now, I 
look only to Him. I want only Him. And I definitely, I definitely will die if I don't have Him. You know what? This kind of love is the kind, the type of love you cannot give to others. Yes, you have to love one another, but this kind of love, this blind love, you only can give to God because only Him who deserves it. You still have to love one another, but not blindly. With God, you have to give everything. Trust in Him completely. Want Him more than anything. Love Him with the whole heart, with the whole mind, with the whole being of yours. And He wants us to love Him because He loves us. Our Father wants to have a big family and He wants to be the Father and the Son as our husband. We are married to Him spiritually. The wedding will be happening soon. <laughs> now, if you, as a bride, you don't love your your bridegroom so how can you get married so that's all I want to share with you love God love Him He is all you need love Him with all of your heart your soul your mind your being and He loves you so much more than you can imagine He loves you so much please repent Pray, fasting, leave the world for Him. You don't need to indulge yourself in the world. May God blesses you and keeps you always in Yahushua's name. Uh, I wish you a blessed day. Bye-bye. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Our God is so good. Hallelujah. Praise God for Sister Angela. Hallelujah who um, share with us this revelation, hallelujah, that that the Lord gave her, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Uh, my brother, uh, my brother Chance can post um, the YouTube email, that uh, video that, that she posted in regard to this um, revelation she got from the Lord, hallelujah. We're so grateful for people like her, hallelujah, come and, and share what the Lord ha- has given them, hallelujah. Praise God. I have received emails from people, hallelujah, out of different dreams that they're getting from the Lord. The Lord still continue to reveal to his people, hallelujah, what is uh, about to happen, hallelujah. Um, uh, praise God. I, 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 first, I want to welcome everybody to the Lord's hour. Thank you for being faithful, hallelujah, to want to come here, hallelujah, and listen to what the Lord has given us, hallelujah. Praise God. And we've been giving this... Um, Bible study now for for uh, three days today, hallelujah, three nights, hallelujah, here, hallelujah, and maybe days where you are, hallelujah, in the different countries, hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. Shalom, shalom to all the people, hallelujah, including the people in Israel, hallelujah. We love you, and we're constantly praying for you, hallelujah. We love our brothers and sisters, hallelujah, that, that continue to faithfully Support this program, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah. They're firmly, hallelujah, they love this program. They love the Lord first, hallelujah. Then they love the pro- They love me, and they love my brother Chance, and they love the program, hallelujah. And they are supporting the program, hallelujah. And, and I'm so happy 
for the brothers and sisters that the Lord has given us, hallelujah, who, who praise God, hallelujah, uh, uh, don't want this program to go away. Praise God, hallelujah. They love us so much, they love us so much, hallelujah, and uh, we're one family and one body, the body of Christ, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, and we're waiting for our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. We're waiting to go home, to be home, but to be with the Lord, hallelujah, and this day is approaching it's very, very close, hallelujah, and soon we will be out of here, hallelujah. But in the meanwhile, hallelujah, the Lord wants us to put this word away, uh, to share his word with, with, with the lost, because there's still a lot of people uh, listening that don't have Christ, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And, and we, we still got to continue to do the Father's will. This is the Father's will that we share Hallelujah, we've been given to us for free. We we share with others, hallelujah. We share Jesus. We share Rabbi Jesus. And we tell people, you need a Rabbi, you need Rabbi Jesus. You need a Rabbi today and every day. And that is Rabbi Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And, and we can tell you he is the greatest Rabbi that ever set foot on this earth. He is the greatest teacher that ever set foot on this earth. You will never find anyone like him, hallelujah. Praise God. You can trust him 100% because Jesus is faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and the Father uh, has made the entire Bible about his son. That's how much he loves his son. Hallelujah. And how much he loves us because it's the Bible is clear. No one comes to the Father except through him. Hallelujah. There is no other way we can come to our Father, Jehovah God Almighty, Yahweh. Elohim, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah, so we got to be thankful to our Lord, and this program is all about Jesus and nothing else, it's not about me or anybody else, hallelujah, it's all about Jesus, hallelujah, reigning in our life, hallelujah, and that we need Jesus more and more every day, praise God, hallelujah, praise God, and he is returning back like a thief in the night, the Bible said, hallelujah, he's going to take his people out of here, caught up in the air. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.15, Paul heard these words from the mouth of Jesus. Read it right there. He heard it from him. Hallelujah. That he will come. And Jesus knows what he says, and he knows what he does. Hallelujah. He, he, and he meant what he said. He meant he will come. Hallelujah. For his people. Hallelujah. For that bride, for that spotless bride who have prepared herself for the uh, for the bridegroom, Hallelujah, praise God, Hallelujah, and that's where God wants us to be, waiting for Jesus right now, for Jesus' return, Hallelujah, and it's so close. According to the Lord, His coming is so close. Um, as I had another brother today share with me, Hallelujah, uh, another dreams the Lord Lord has been giving him three powerful dreams this week. And he, he shared to me, hallelujah, one of them, which it was, uh, he said he saw a group, an angel, hallelujah, uh, coming in his dream, vision, revelation, coming to take uh, those that were ready, hallelujah. He saw how the angel was like, uh, each angel was going for, for each um, believer, hallelujah, and were taking them home, heading home with, with each one of them, hallelujah. And he saw how, uh, the second step he saw was that he, the people and, and with Jesus, with the angel, the, 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 the angel was bringing the people into the cloud, and the Lord was waiting for them there. 
and then from there the Lord uh, took him home. Hallelujah! Like it was a was just it was such a beautiful event that this brother saw. He wanted he's jumping up and down because he understands through this that the rapture is imminent. Praise God! It was similar to the one the Lord showed me where I was preaching to a crowd of people here where I live in this city, thousands of people. In order to sign, the Lord opened my eyes, and I see the rapture happening when, while I was preaching this, the message. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I seen uh, the angel just coming down. Hundreds of thousands of angels just coming down to get uh, uh, certain individuals right, right down here that I'm waiting for Jesus. Hallelujah. And I look at the angel, how tall they were. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And they come with one thing under mind. Hallelujah. And it's to take those home that have been waiting. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was nothing else. This brother saw when the angel took the people and took them into the cloud. And the Lord was waiting for them in the cloud. No one else saw the angel but those that were waiting for, for, for the Lord. Hallelujah. This is why this, is, this, this event is so important. The rapture is not a common event. Hallelujah. It had never happened in the history of humanity. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And it's about to happen again, hallelujah. But we got to believe. We got we to gotta be waiting for this, hallelujah. We got to be in relationship with Jesus, walking in obedience to his Holy Spirit, hallelujah. And, and one thing uh, my brother Larry was sharing with me on the phone today is that we, hallelujah, praise God. And I want to advise you to, uh, to read Andrew, Andrew Murray's book. Andrew Mary that talks about the Holy Spirit. It's a small booklet, hallelujah, that talks about the Holy Spirit. They have it in Amazon.com, hallelujah. Because um, in absolute, and there's another book, Absolute, absolute Surrender to the, to the Lord, to God. Absolute Surrender, hallelujah. Absolute Surrender, hallelujah. That's another book of Andrew Mary, hallelujah. And this is the one my brother Larry is reading right now. And, and, and it says they are very clear that, that all the, everything that brother God is in heaven right now with the Lord was straight from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave our brother Andrew Murray all, all these revelations. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And um, he says there very clearly that we don't know how to do anything for God unless we got the help of the Holy Spirit. We just don't know how to do anything. Hallelujah. Experiencing the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's the name of that book. Hallelujah. Thank you for posting it on. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And if anybody know about absolute surrender, hallelujah, that's another book. Hallelujah. You can post the, post the information so people can look it up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah, uh, the information there is really, uh, uh, we really need it. It's very important to us, to the bride that are seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the Lord, hallelujah, wants us to reach any book this brother have written, hallelujah. Praise God. This brother, I believe, is, is dead now for almost almost 200 years, hallelujah. He's honing heaven with the Lord, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And the Lord, and, and, um, and, the, brother, and the Lord showed this to our brother Richard Sipman that was taken to heaven. I'm going to see if I could post, um, I believe it's an hour or two, Richard Sipman testimony. Uh, when the Lord took him to heaven, how the Lord showing heaven and everything. Hallelujah. And he was taken to the throne of God and everything. He spoke with the angel. He went around heaven. He saw a lot of different things in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I believe it's going to be a great uh, blessing to us. 1828. Hallelujah. Uh, that's about what? About 
uh, a hundred years and seventy something, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, 82 years, 182 years, I believe, hallelujah. Praise hallelujah, the angel Mary have went home to be with the Lord. He's in a better place than, than we are, hallelujah. He were our heavenly father now, praise God, hallelujah. And God is very, very pleased with, with, with how, how this brother obeyed the Holy Spirit and how he surrendered to God, to his Holy Spirit. And God was able to use his brother mightily, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, which that that's what the Lord wants from, from the bride, from us, hallelujah, that we surrender to his Holy Spirit, hallelujah. And, and we're finding out that we really don't listen to the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And the Bible warns us to, to pay attention, to hear the Holy Spirit, because this, this was one of the problems that the Jewish people had, that, that when God uh, killed uh, thousands of them, uh, when, when the earth opened up, and thousands of them went down as Moses came down with the law, hallelujah. Because they, we, we, they didn't listen to the Holy Spirit, says in the book of Hebrew, hallelujah. And we can be in the same danger, not listening to the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Praise yeah. And that gets the Father real mad. And we don't want to get the Father mad. We, we want to have the, the, the uh, we want to be in peace with the Father, we, we, hallelujah. We want the Father to be happy with us, hallelujah. Because when he gets mad, hallelujah, thousands he opened the earth, and, hallelujah, and went down to hell alive, hallelujah. So this is very dangerous, hallelujah. So we got to walk in obedience to his Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Pray to the Lord, hallelujah, because I did this today. Praise to the Lord, hallelujah, that he will help you walk in obedience to his Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Pray to him, ask him, hallelujah, to, to make you. Walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. If you're not doing it, ask him, beg to him that for him to do this. This is very important, hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit is in charge to purify the bride. The Bible says, I read that to you from the Bible uh, yesterday. He purifies the bride, Paul says to the church, hallelujah. So um, he's purifying us. He's helping us to seek God, to seek the Lord. He's working with us. He's leading us to all truth. He's a helper, the Bible says, hallelujah. So we want to be in absolute surrender to the Holy Spirit. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise Almighty God, hallelujah. Well, we want to keep talking about the tribulation, hallelujah, because um, the Lord wants me to continue to talk about the tribulation. I mean, I had, I have, I've been bringing different topics, but the Lord reminded me a couple of days that to, to, to keep on talking about the tribulation is very important to the Lord. And, and you say, why is this? Well, why is this? There are various reasons why. One, the tribulation is at it's at hand now. All right, it, it's not going to start before the before we're taken out of here before the rapture happens. Okay, but hallelujah, uh, it's at hand. It's real, real close. So you, then you can imagine how close the rapture is. Right? But that, then there are a lot of people, a very large, large percentage of the people, who are not ready for the rapture. And I'm going to go into the tribulation. Now, what the Lord wants me to tell you is that he, he, when you go into this tribulation, many of you, and you'll be very surprised when you do, don't think God has forsaken you, okay? Don't think that. Don't think that. I, I mean, let me tell you what happens to me last year when, when I was talking to the Lord one day. Hallelujah. Um, I was taught by a pastor that, like, if those people that were going into the tribulation, like, if, like, God rejected them, you know, and he used to criticize those people and all that. 
And I remember I was talking to the Lord, and I said, well, those people, Lord, that are going through the tribulation, you know, and the Lord, the Lord rebuked me. The Lord says to me, they're my sons and daughter, he says to me. The one that I'm going to be beheaded for, I'm like, Lord, but they're going to, they're, they're going to stay because they're not, like, they're not obedient to you, Lord. You know, they haven't prepared themselves for the rapture, but don't, the Lord said, don't, don't think anything else. Don't judge. Don't judge them. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to say many of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry for thinking this or speaking this way. Hallelujah. And I truly repented to the Lord. Because sometimes we say things and we just don't think how we speak. You know, and many of these people that are going to stay in the tribulation, one thing the Lord wants me to tell them is don't get the mark of the beast. Die for the Lord. You know, um, think about that. When when you're beheaded for the Lord, you're gonna you're going to a greater place. You're gonna have a greater peace. Hallelujah. Don't think anything less because you did not prepare yourself. Maybe you were too busy for this reason and that reason, and you ended up you ended up in the tribulation that now God has rejected you. No, that's a lie of the enemy. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the tribulation, the Lord is gonna give people a second chance. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, to, go, to, to, to get out of here. He's going to give them a second chance. Of course, it's going to be harder than now. Now, it's like a free ticket. Hallelujah, that you can go home to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. But in the tribulation, you have to be beheaded. Hallelujah. And one thing I was telling my brother Larry, it's a little graphical. It's a little, um, praise God, very strong, what I'm going to share with you. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. At one time, the Lord took me in the tribulation. And hallelujah. And one thing I, I seen was that there was a guy that the army was shooting him here on earth, hallelujah. And because all the government, hallelujah, I'm going to be working for the Antichrist, hallelujah. And he's, and he's going to send the army out to the people, and I've seen this, i seen this with my own eyes, to the people that, hallelujah, don't want to get the mark of the beast. They're going to be, have to be running from the government. Not so much from the demons. Yes, they're going to be running also from the demons. When the night time comes, you better be in a place where the demon cannot get you. Although, hallelujah, it's going to be very hard. But I see the army um, hunting them down like, like when people are hunting deer. Hallelujah. Just shooting at them, even shooting at their head. Hallelujah. Because they were running because they didn't want to mark of the beast. And I saw one guy who they shot him and they cut his arm. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the guy with a piece of arm hanging was running from him, bleeding. Hallelujah. And, and, but he wasn't stopping. Because one thing Revelation said that they will elude the people. They're not going to die right away. They're just not going to be there to, 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 I guess, to help them die or to help them go away. No. You, you can have a leg cut off or an arm bleeding and you're still alive. Going through that pain, that that's the horror of the tribulation. And I see this guy with a piece of arm hanging, bleeding to that, and he was trying to tie something around his arm, uh, the piece of arm left, and just running. Hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Hallelujah! Praise Jesus! And and I I thought it was so horrible, Hallelujah, because I could see in his face, in his body, in the pain that he was in. I, even when we get our finger cut. Hallelujah, a little cut in the finger. We're, we're like, you know, all emotional about it. 
Hallelujah. Maybe you're not like that. Some of you, or some of us, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. I don't like fire. I don't want to be thrown in the lake of fire, neither, or in the, or in the fire of hell, neither. Hallelujah. I don't want to be burning in the fire. The only fire I want is the fire of Jesus, hallelujah, that cleanses you, purifies you. That's the only fire I want. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. But a lot of people are not waking up to the reality of the word of God. Of what we're talking about, how this stuff is real. And it's all in the word of God. All the suffering that is coming to the earth. It's in the word of God. Jesus spoke in Matthew 24. Hallelujah. And a lot of people are taking this word gently. You know, and the Lord keeps on telling me, continue to talk about the tribulation. Hallelujah. And one another um, very strong image that I saw. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm going to say this because there was a brother, you know, I've been not wanting to share all these things because the image is very strong. And our brother said, but the young people watch uh, more more horror things on TV than what you're saying, brother. You know, praise Jesus. So it's time that, that, that people understand and our young people understand the reality that we need to be seeking God, that we need to be an obedient, that we need to be pursuing holiness. We need to stay away from sin, you know. They they need hallelujah praise God to wait uh, until they get married to have sex, not to jump ahead hallelujah, because that's what God is calling us to be a, a holy people for Him, and our young people need to hear that, you know, wait until you get married, hallelujah, wait until God gives you a a a, a girlfriend hallelujah, praise Jesus hallelujah, praise God hallelujah, this is not being taught in the churches anymore, hallelujah. But we gotta we gotta talk about it, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And another time, hallelujah, well this mother and a father was eating with two or three other children, hallelujah. And, and I saw when this horrible demon came in the tribulation, another revelation the Lord gave me. And and, and, and the demon grabbed the, one of the kids, hallelujah, who was not, no more than six or seven years old. Hallelujah. Or maybe a little bit uh, older because uh, seven and down Mostly they're all going to be going home with the Lord, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. But there are other reasons why a lot of young, uh, younger than seven will stay. Praise God. And it's because a lot, many of them are born from these demons, hallelujah, which we're talking about, hallelujah. The seed of the serpent, the seed of these demons, hallelujah. It's all in the word of God. And we got to talk about it. We just got to talk about it, hallelujah. Because in the word of God, and we know this is very strong, for a, a lot of young people, hallelujah. But the, like they say, they see a more horrible thing on TV, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Um, and some of the people, praise God, hallelujah. Uh, they say they don't hear me. Uh, can people give me a one if you hear me? Give me a one if you hear me.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, can you hear me now? Can I get a one? Hallelujah. Or yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thought my audio was fine. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother Chance, you hear me now? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is so strange. Hallelujah. How can they? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you hear me now? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our God is good. Our God is good. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to be giving um, verses from the Bible. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. About heaven. Hallelujah. That is going to help you understand more. Hallelujah. What we've been talking about heavens. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We got Psalm 26. Hallelujah. Now this is that I know. The Lord giveth victory to his anointed. He answered him from his heavenly sanctuary. With the victorious power of his right hand. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 68.33 To him who rides across the higher heaven, the ancient heaven, who, who thunder with mighty voice. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 89.6 For who in the sky above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? Hallelujah. Psalm 139a, if I go up, hallelujah, to the heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made the heaven and earth, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Then you got... Um, John one thirty two, John test, testifying, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of the heaven, and he remained upon him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He saw it happen. Hallelujah. A lot of people have seen things. Hallelujah. And, and other people question them. Hallelujah. And they say, ah, you know, no, 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 no. Signs and revelation, like Joe chapter 2 says. Hallelujah. Signs and Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can everybody uh, hear me okay now? Praise God. Hallelujah. Can I get a one or yes? Hallelujah. Can everybody hear me now? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can I get a one, a yes or a no? If you can hear me, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Brother Chance, can I get a one if you can hear me? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can I get a one from the brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. If you can hear me now, praise God. Hallelujah. 
Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Prime Minister, you said you can hear me, hallelujah. Uh, the rest of the people, they're not letting me know if they can hear me, so that means they're not hearing me, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. I guess what happened oh, with Praise God, praise God, hallelujah. Praise Almighty God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Everybody hear me now? Thank you, Jesus. Can I get a yes or one if anybody hear me now? Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Ages. You hear me now? Yes, you hear me now? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I'm so happy people can hear me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I was saying, hallelujah, praise God, that the Lord, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, uh, they still cannot hear me, or yes, they can. 
they're telling me some people telling me yes, and some other people, uh, he's got Elias. Brother Chance, can you hear me over there? Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So I was I was sharing with the people, hallelujah, that, that the Lord wants me to continue to, hallelujah, uh, praise God, hallelujah, um, the tribulation, hallelujah, because uh, this is this is the one of the next events that are, are about to happen, hallelujah. And um. Praise Jesus. Besides us going home in the rapture, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Wants me to tell people, hallelujah, uh, about these things, hallelujah, that are going to happen very soon in this coming tribulation. Hallelujah. He wants me to make people, his people aware, hallelujah, that we need to be seeking him now more than ever, hallelujah. That now is the time, hallelujah, hallelujah. For us to be seeking the Lord, hallelujah. This, this is the time that we need to be seeking the Lord more than ever. Walking with the Lord, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Because um, praise God, he's going to take his people out of here in the rapture very soon. But this tribulation that is coming is going to be very bad. And this is why the enemy don't want this information going out. Hallelujah. Because the enemy is making it seem like God is rejecting his people, you know. When the people go into the tribulation, hallelujah, and that's not true, hallelujah. The Lord told me that even the people going in the tribulation, the ones that are going to be beheaded for the Lord, they are his people. They are his people, not Satan people, but the Lord's people, hallelujah, and, and hallelujah. And the Lord um, wants his people to have hope. Don't think God, because you, go, you end up in the tribulation, God's giving up on you. No. The Lord told me, hallelujah, the Lord, hallelujah, rebuked me. When I thought, well, the people that are staying in tribulation, I was talking in a negative way to the Lord about it. And the Lord says to me, no, they're my people. They are my people. And he's going to protect many of them in the tribulation, hallelujah, praise Jesus. And he's going to save many, he's going to help many of them, hallelujah, because we know that without the Lord, nothing we can do. Yes, you will not have the Holy Spirit. Yes, you're going to have to suffer like you never suffered before in your life. Hallelujah. Now we're suffering because we're doing the will of God, the Bible said. Hallelujah. But in the tribulation, the suffering, it's going to be horrible. Hallelujah. You're going to have to deal with the demon you're going to see in this coming tribulation. Hallelujah. And hallelujah, you're going to have to deal with a lot. Hallelujah. Coming very soon. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. But God has not given up on you. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. And I was sharing, hallelujah, that in one of the revelations the Lord gave me, hallelujah, about the tribulation, there was this family in a picnic in a park, hallelujah. And, and um, they were like, um, they had like three kids, hallelujah, mother and father. And this horrible demon came and grabbed one of the kids, hallelujah, and took him in the air and threw him in the air, um, almost uh, taking his hand out of his body, hallelujah. And the, mo and the mother was crying, oh, and she went against the demon. And the husband was saying, honey, no, run, run. Don't go against the demon. But the, the, mother, the mother was so mad for what the demon was doing to her son. Hallelujah. But, you know, this is what all is going to be happening in the tribulation. And people need to be prepared for what's coming. Hallelujah. You know? So it's not that I'm, that I'm telling you this in a horrible way. It's, that, that it's going to be even worse than what I'm telling you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you in a nice way, hallelujah, 
so you will seek the Lord with all your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, today we want to continue our Bible study. Hallelujah. And we want to continue, hallelujah, in 1 John 4. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Uh, uh, 1 John 4 says, Dear friend, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that I notice that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. So this is the way, hallelujah, you can tell when you're speaking with a demon. Okay? Because a demon will now recognize that Jesus came in the flesh. And you might say, why is that? Well, one of the reasons is, hallelujah, that in order for them to recognize that Jesus came on the flesh and died on the cross and defeated them on the cross, Hallelujah. They're not going to acknowledge that because they're prideful. They're full of pride. The devil's full of pride. He's not going to recognize that Jesus came in the flesh. Because they're recognizing that they were defeated. That they are defeated by Jesus. Hallelujah. And they're not going to recognize that. So um, when you see someone uh, questioning that Jesus came in the flesh, hallelujah, as a human, and another, and another listen to this, listen to this. Uh, the Lord is, right, the Lord is um, bringing this to my memory. Man, many are saying that Jesus was God, okay, when he was on earth. Hallelujah. But Jesus was 100% human like we are. Hallelujah. It says that he gave all his glory to come down here. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So everything you see in the life of Jesus, he only did it and surrendered to the Holy Spirit, to his Father work. The Father was doing it through him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus is God, but you got to read what the Bible said, how he did it. By being a human like you and I. And these demons, when they preach from the pulpit, they just focus on saying that Jesus was God, but they don't want to tell you that Jesus was just man, as men as you and I are. Hallelujah. So this, these are the little details that people miss, because I hear this on the radio on TV all the time. These, these folks... These um, Preachers go go talking about Jesus, but they don't want to say that Jesus was a man. That Jesus was in the when he was in the world when he was down here over two thousand years ago, that he was a man. They don't want to recognize that. No, he want to. They want to say Jesus is God, and that's it. They want to leave it like like that. <laughs> hallelujah, praise Jesus, Hallelujah. And that is the Antichrist. That is these 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 demons that are human. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And this is one way you can tell, hallelujah, John said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus, hallelujah, is not from God, uh, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, hallelujah. This happens a lot, a lot. This happens a lot. Demons don't want to recognize that, that, uh, that Jesus came from God. Okay? They don't want to recognize that. Hallelujah. And when you see, hear them in Bible study, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. They will tell you this in different ways, but not exactly as John is telling you, that Jesus came from God. Hallelujah. And this is why this, the question about Jesus, hallelujah, is being so much being talked about on TV on the radio lately. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. They're talking about Jesus, but they're not saying Jesus came from God. Hallelujah. You don't hear that from them. Because they, they can't say that. They can't say that. And that's what John is pointing out. 
Hallelujah. And people get confused because they say, oh, they're talking about Jesus. I mean, they're from God. But you got to talk. You got to hear how they say about Jesus. Hallelujah. And and they're not telling people what the enemy does is he don't tell you that Jesus came from God. He keeps it quiet, you know, secretly. Hallelujah. Like they always do. He'll tell you any other thing you want to hear for, to convince you. But he don't want to tell you exactly what John is saying. Hallelujah in the word. So keep that in mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them. So we are from God and we have overcome them. Hallelujah. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one in the world. Hallelujah. But Paul said, don't be deceived by them. Because you could be deceived by them. And this is part of the dangers and all this. Hallelujah. That they, have, they, they use so many ways to deceive people, hallelujah, and not acknowledging who Jesus is, hallelujah. And this is where they get people all confused. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So the one that is in you is greater than the one in the world, hallelujah. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. Look at another point here. The viewpoint of the world, says John. What was I telling you And when you go back to the archive and listen to the video? What was I mentioning? They focused their teaching from the Bible about the world, about everything down here, story. They want to be telling you story. They want to take one verse from the Bible, hallelujah, and then tell you a lot of story. It's a story from down here, not about heaven, from down here. They might relay something, hallelujah, from heaven. And this is where they get people all confused. All the, but the viewpoint is fall from earth, from this world. John said, hallelujah. The world listen to them. Hallelujah. So don't get confused because you see a lot of people following or listening to them. This is what they get people. Well, they say, well, but that guy has a lot of people following. He is a man of God, they say. Hallelujah. Praise God. But there's a lot of people the, the people that are following, they, they, they're not going by the Bible. They're, they're searching the stuff. And they're not going to the Lord and saying to the Lord, reveal this to me or that. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the world, of course, is going to listen to them. Verses, well, we are from God. And whoever knows God, listen to us. L listen to this. If they don't want to hear us, when we're talking about God, that means they're not a God. Okay, if they don't want to hear that, they don't want to hear what we're saying from the word. That means they're not a God, and this is where people get confused. Well, they don't listen to me. What am I gonna do? They say, Hallelujah. Don't don't concern yourself with that. If you're bringing the word, they're not listening to you. They're not listening to God because you're bringing God's word to them. Hallelujah. Pray for them. That's all you can do. Is they're your family member. Hallelujah. Pray for them. Hallelujah. We are from God. Whoever knows God, listen to us, says him. But whoever does not, whoever's done not from God does not listen to us. So we will have certain people that will listen to us, that will listen to the word of God through us. Hallelujah. But we will have a large crowd that will not listen to us. And John says it's because they're not a God. Clearly, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your revelations. Hallelujah. And this is how John says, we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So that means there's a falsehood out there, hallelujah, in the world. And this is what, the, what, what John, hallelujah, is telling us to be careful with, 
Hallelujah. Because good people of God, like in the time of Jeremiah, can be getting together with our falsehood and can be they're confused right now. And they're regular human, hallelujah, getting together with those demons. Hallelujah. And they got them all confused. They don't know. They don't know which way is up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But thank you, God, for his word, hallelujah. Then John says on verse 7, Dear friend, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. <clears throat> hallelujah. So this is how we know, hallelujah, that we're born from God and the word of God because we love. Hallelujah. Remember what I was saying that a lot of times you listen to those um, demons, hallelujah, and you don't get no love out of them. You get no love out of them. They got this special message to preach you, hallelujah, but you come out of their empty with no love, no confirmation in your spirit of what they're talking about. And they think, hallelujah, they got the greater message to preach to you, hallelujah. Praise God. And this is what they get people all confused, hallelujah. Verse 8, whosoever does not love, love does not know God. Because God is love. There you go. Whosoever doesn't love, doesn't know God. Simple. It's very simple. If they don't love, and you don't get no love out of them, they don't love God. Hallelujah. And so how would you expect them to love you? Hallelujah. But they don't love God. This is the question. How can you expect them to love you when they don't love God? Hallelujah. Even if they tell you they love you, it's fake. It's not real. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So verse 9, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one, only son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Hallelujah. This is, this is love that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Hallelujah. Dear friend, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Hallelujah. And no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and He and his love is made complete in us. Hallelujah. So the Bible also said that, hallelujah, the love of God has been poured out into our heart through his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of love because it's come from the Father, who, from God who is love. Hallelujah. So if we have the Holy Spirit, that's another sign. Hallelujah. We have that love in us. Hallelujah. Maybe we haven't surrendered completely to the Holy Spirit, but the love of God is in us through the Holy Spirit. And he, he, he brings it to our heart, to our life. Hallelujah. So we can love other people. One of the fruit of the Spirit is love. Hallelujah. So through the Holy Spirit, we, 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 we receive the love of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Verse 13. And this is how we know that we live in Him, and He in us. He has given us His Spirit. There you go. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's, it's the confirmation that we are of God, and we are in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we, if we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, hallelujah, God lives in them and they in God. Hallelujah. And so we know rarely in the love of God has for us. Hallelujah. So they have to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. And this is what the demons do. They go around it not to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. And because they're going around it and they're, and they're quoting a lot of Bible verses 
and they they start from Genesis and they go all the way to Revelation. This is how they get people all confused. Now people don't know what to believe because the demon is telling them, quoting the Bible, this, this, and that. Hallelujah. But he's not acknowledging that Jesus is the Son of God. No way. He's not doing that. He's not going there. He's not getting there. He's not going to get go there. Hallelujah. But he's quoting a lot of Bible. And this is how they get people all confused. Hallelujah. But you got to pay attention to details. You, might, you Even more, you want to write it down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 16. And so we know and really that the, and the love of God has for us. Yeah. God is love. Whosoever live in love, live in God, in God and them. This is this is how love is made complete among us, that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no fear in love. Hallelujah. But perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. And no one who fears is made perfect in love. Hallelujah. So we need to be made perfect in love. We need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Who, who, can, who can bring the love of God to us. Hallelujah. Make us perfect. Hallelujah. Verse 19. We love because the, he first loved us. Whosoever claims to love God, you hate a brother or a sister, is a liar. Hallelujah. This is another question. We cannot be hating anybody. Hallelujah. We cannot be in hatred. And I hear Christians saying, I hate this person. Right out of their mouth. Hallelujah. That means they're not a God. Because you got to love the other person. You got to love the other people. Then you are of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is how you know they're not of God. Because they're hating everybody else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If they truly love God, they will not hate other people. They will love them. Hallelujah. They will love their enemy. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. It doesn't mean you, need, you don't need to stay away from them. Of course you need to stay away from them. Even Jesus walked away from the Pharisee and scribe. Hallelujah. He didn't went to he didn't went home with them because he loved them. Hallelujah. To stay home in their house. You know they might try to kill him in the middle of the night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even though you love your enemy, you still gotta stay away from them. Hallelujah. You gotta use wisdom. That's wisdom from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he can for whoever does not love their brothers and sisters. Whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Hallelujah. And he has given us the command. Anyone who loves God might also love their brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. He's not telling you to love demons. Don't get all confused now and start loving demons. Hallelujah. These demons that want to kill you, that want to deceive you to bring your soul to hell. No, don't get, don't get the message twisted or confused now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, wa- I want to pray. I, I want to play again, Angela, hallelujah, uh, dreams, because uh, many people, maybe because of the problem we were having earlier, uh, maybe they're not heard it. Hallelujah. So I want to play it again. Thank you. So I'll be back uh, after this uh, revelation. Hi, guys. How are you today? So uh, I want to share with you again another vision from from God. And I got it uh, after my afternoon prayer like around 3 p.m. Uh, yesterday so uh, basically the vision was I saw myself laying on my bed and I think I was like sort of napping or something but anyway I was laying on my bed 
when suddenly two angels came to me. It's a huge angel. <laughs> angels, I have to say, they are big. So um, one of the angels is a is a male, and the other is female. Uh, at least that is my impression. And then um, they woke me up. Uh, they said something uh, which I cannot I cannot share with you the detail because. Uh, this is really personal, and I'm not allowed to set it out. But what this angel did is basically they woke me up because the the time is up. So what I did, I didn't say a word. I just wake up, and then um, when I look to the right, yeah, uh, to the window, and all of a sudden I see a translucent path going up to the sky. So this this translucent path is like 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 small like like small road and it's a white translucent. So you can see through. And then I saw myself walking on it and then at the same time I also looked down and you know what I saw? The whole earth is nothing but fire. Everything burns. I mean, like, I can see the trees, and the trees is burned, is black, burned, without shade anymore. I mean, like, I was so shocked, and I was, I was puzzled, and I said, what is that? And then God, uh, God told me, that is the condition of the earth, actually, in spiritual a spiritual realm. If we look at it in a spiritual eye, that is how the earth looks right now. All is chaos, fire everywhere. It's it's a mess. It's a completely mess. Everywhere you look is nothing but mess. So, and then uh, the vision changed. All of a sudden, I saw Yahshua, and I got to tell you. <laughs> He's so handsome. I mean, like he's wearing the uh, the shepherd clothes, and he also has the talit over over his head. Yeah, I can see his face. His face so handsome. I mean, like for us girls, I just saw three eleven, three eleven guys. <laughs> so when uh, I mean, like for girls, you. He's just going to be hysterical <laughs> to see how handsome our master is, yeah, our Lord is. So, um, anyway, he was he was wearing the the shepherd clothes with a tablet over his head, and then on his I think on his left hand, on his left hand he holds a staff, yeah, the shepherd's staff, you know the the long one, and then round at uh, on the head is round like that. And then he pointing like this, yeah. He's pointing to the view behind him, and the view is the most beautiful green pastures you can ever met. I mean, like everything is green. I mean, like the sky is blue, and then you can see the the wind blowing, the breeze. I mean, like it's it's really nice. I mean, like the the vision is clear. I mean. The, the world is already is already in chaos. God came in the in the appointed time to take me away to his sanctuary. 
to his place, to where he is. So, anyway, this is what I want to share with you. So, you know, I mean, like, I just want to encourage you all. Come on. We are waiting for something really big, and it is worth it to be waited for. I mean, like, we're waiting Yahushua. <laughs> Come on. Don't, I mean, like, <clears throat> don't give up. Never give up. God will come at the appointed time, that in our time. That's why remember, remember when you said the, 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 the Lord's Prayer, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, it's a statement. Only His will will be done, not ours. Jesus said to Father, it's, it's your will, Father, not mine. So how come we can be so prideful yeah, and so bold to say to God, I want you to come now in my time? No, you cannot. He is your king, for goodness sake. In front of him, you have to humble yourself. God led me to humility, purity, uh, holiness, and wisdom. Yeah, that's what God led me to. I mean, like, come on. Please, soften your heart. Soften your heart. Open your heart and open your eyes to receive Jesus, to receive Yahushua. He is love. You see, He's nothing but love. Last night, I was being filled. I was filled with His love. And I was just, all I can do is just sobbing. Because you know what? His love is so pure, unquenchable, and so sincere. Like, you cannot, you cannot just, you cannot just reject it. He just, I think he just gave it a little bit feeling in me. This is my love. I think if, if he gave me the whole lot of it, <laughs> I will die. I will die. I will perish. Because I cannot stand it. Because the love is just way too big. God approaches me with love. Always. Every encounter is about love. And through his visitations, it's about love. It's all about love. I mean, like, I keep on crying because, you know what? I don't feel worth it. I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to receive that kind of love. It was amazing. It was amazing love. In the spirit, I keep on saying to him that, you know, I want him to be with me all the time. Never let me go. Never let me go. Never, ever let me go. Because without him, I cannot live. For all this time, I'm looking for the, my true love. I cannot find it on earth. Only in him. And in, I know that Right now, I look only to Him. I want only Him. And I definitely, I definitely will die if I don't have Him. You know what? This kind of love is the kind, the type of love you cannot give to others. Yes, you have to love one another. But this kind of love, this blind love, you only can give to God. Because only him who deserve it. You still have to love one another, but not blindly. 
God, you have to give everything. Trust in Him completely. Want Him more than anything. Love Him with the whole heart, with the whole mind, with the whole being of yours. And He wants us to love Him because He loves us. Our Father wants to have a big family and He wants to be the Father and the Son as our husband. We are married to Him spiritually. The wedding will be happening soon. <laughs> now, if you, as a bride, you don't love your, your bridegroom, so how can you get married? So that's all I want to share with you. Love God. Love Him. He is all you need. Love Him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, your being. And He loves you so much. More than you can imagine. He loves you so much. Please repent. Pray. Fasting. Leave the world for Him. You don't need to indulge yourself in the world. May God bless you and keep you always in Yahushua's name. Uh, I wish you a blessed day. Bye-bye. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God for our sister Angela. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hope we can have her here live on the radio. Hallelujah. And share with us what God is doing in her life. Hallelujah. I believe she usually listens to the, to the radio program. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to email her. Hallelujah. See, hallelujah, if I can get her on the show. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. This woman, she's a holy woman of God. Hallelujah. And, and what she's sharing with us is the true word of God. Hallelujah. I get a witness in my spirit, hallelujah, that she truly is a woman of God, hallelujah. Praise God, and we're waiting, hallelujah, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. We're waiting to go home, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, that's the desire we have right now. Now, I spoke, uh, the Apostle Paul talked to uh, Timothy, uh, to the brothers and sisters through Timothy, hallelujah. In, Tim in First Timothy uh, uh, chapter 4, the Spirit clearly says, says Paul, that in the later time, some will abandon the faith and follow the deceiving spirit and things stopped by demon. This is the part that got me about this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. They will be listening to demons teaching them the word. Demon will be in these last days that you and I, Paul said, that will be demon teaching us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how will that happen? Looking like human. Hallelujah. Looking like human. Hallelujah. They, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, are teaching, deceiving teaching, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, deceiving spirit, and, and things taught by demon, hallelujah. Such teaching come through hypocritical liar. Those consigns have been seared with high iron, hallelujah. They forbid people to marry in order and order them to abstain from certain food, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Look what they do here, hallelujah. Is, uh, you don't need to get married, hallelujah. It's not necessarily for you to get married, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Knowing that, 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 that the, the young men of the, the young girl are already sleeping, hallelujah, together, hallelujah. They're advising them not to get married yet, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. When, they, when they're doing, hallelujah, the things that they should not be doing in front of God. 
especially when there's rapture coming, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Living in fornication, how are they going to go up in the rapture, hallelujah, unless they repent, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. But this is what they're teaching people, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And Paul's continuing because they forbidden them to eat, hallelujah, certain food, hallelujah, which God created, hallelujah, received um, with thanksgiving by those who believe and knows that the truth, hallelujah, for everything God created is good. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Uh, praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. I hope you're not having problem with audio, brother, again. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Uh, for everything God created is good and nothing to be rejected. If it is received with thanksgiving, because it's consecrated by the word of God and pray, hallelujah. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ. Jesus, nourished and true, hallelujah. And the faith and the good teaching, hallelujah, that you will follow, hallelujah. Have nothing to do with godless myths, hallelujah. All wives tell, rather train yourself to be godly. For physical training is for some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding the promise for both the present life and the life to come. Hallelujah. This is all trustworthy saying, deserve the full acceptance. Hallelujah. This is why we label and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. First Timothy 1 1. We know that the law is good. Hallelujah. If one uses for pro- properly, we also know. Hallelujah. That the law is, is not for the righteous, but for the lawbreaker and rebels, the ungodly and the sinful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, a lot of people said, hallelujah, um, um, just just read the New Testament. Don't worry about the Old Testament because that's all law, they say. Hallelujah. But Paul said that the law is good if it's used properly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because it teaches not to break the law. It teaches to stay in obedience in front of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. It teaches you a lot of things that are a blessing. Hallelujah. Proverbs was given under the law, and Proverbs is a, a great book for wisdom. If you lack wisdom, read Proverbs and read it and read it and ask the Lord to give you wisdom through Proverbs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But these teachers tell you that the law is not good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Paul says, we also know that the law is made for, for the uh, righteous. For the lawbreaker, rebels, the ungodly, sinful, unholy, and unreligious, for those who kill the father and mother, for the murderer, for the uh, sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality. Hallelujah. The Lord teaches you to stay away from homosexuality. It says they are very clear. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he, Paul is new, and, and Paul, Paul pointed out that he, when he wrote this letter to, to Timothy, he mentioned the last days. And we are in the last day. And yes, there are many practicing homosexuality in the last day, which is a great sin in front of God. For the for slave, for traitor, liar, perjurer, for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine, hallelujah, that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of, of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me, Paul said, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. He continues speaking to Timothy and Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 2, hallelujah, dealing with false teachers. Uh, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God uh, uh, against uh, quarreling about the word, hallelujah, if not, of no value. Only ruin those who listen, hallelujah. This is what they want to do. 
Hallelujah. They want to ruin those to listen. Hallelujah. This is why you don't want to be listening to these demons that are teaching those words. Because they just want to ruin your life, nothing else. Right. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. Hallelujah. Let God approve your life. In another word. A worker who has no need to be ashamed and who correctly handled the word of truth. Hallelujah. So as you come to God and God prepares you to preach his word, like the Lord told me, to wait before I started my ministry because he was going to cleanse me, prepare me before I go out and teach the word of God. Hallelujah. So he can use me. Hallelujah. So he then approved me after he did all this in my life. Hallelujah. But I had to wait years. Hallelujah. It wasn't that quick. Hallelujah. And Paul told Timothy to go ahead and have God approve him. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And that you go and pray, hallelujah. And the Lord, the Lord, the Lord knows, hallelujah, when you're ready to preach the word. Many are telling people that from the day you, you know Christ, you can go out and preach to everybody. Because of the woman, hallelujah, when Jesus was around, the dead, the hallelujah. Praise Jesus. But you got to have the Lord approve you, hallelujah. Paul says you got to seek the hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Many are not seeking this, hallelujah. And the devil deceived them. Then they're all confused and they, they fall away from the faith, the Bible said. Hallelujah. It says, avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge, it will become more and more ungodly. Hallelujah. So you're listening to these demons, they will make you more and more ungodly like they are. Hallelujah. Their teaching will spread like gangrene, gangrene hallelujah, among them, hallelujah, who are hard pronounced in philosophers, hallelujah, who has departed from the truth. He mentioned two names again. Two Hebrew name there. I cannot even pronounce them. They say that the resurrection had already taken place, and they destroyed the faith of some. Nevertheless, God, solid foundation, stand firm, sealed with the inscription. Hallelujah. The Lord knows those who are His. Hallelujah. The Lord knows who are His. Do you know who is your Lord? Hallelujah. And even more, who confess the name of the Lord must turn away from, from wickedness, from all type of sin. Hallelujah. If we're serving the Lord, if we say we're Christian, we got to turn away from any, from every single type of way of sin. Hallelujah. All types of sin, all wickedness, Paul said. Hallelujah. We cannot be involved with sin. Hallelujah. Because the one that call, is calling you and I, hallelujah, who's going to take you and I out of here, it's holy. Hallelujah. Be thou holy because I am holy, Jesus said. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Verse 20. In Elijah's house, there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purpose and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purpose, made holy, useful to the master, and prepare to do any good work. Hallelujah. Flee this evil desire of youth and pursue righteousness. So Paul knew that the youth, the young people, will have uh, evil desire of the flesh. Any desire of the flesh is evil because the flesh is evil. It's falling at them. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he said, flee this evil desire. He don't say walk away from them. He says, run from them. Hallelujah. Don't practice them. Hallelujah. Because Paul knows the consequence of following the desire of the flesh. So he said, Fly, flee away from them. Run away from them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord uh, out of pure heart, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid argument, he says, because, you know, they produce quarrel. 
and the Lord's servants might not be quarrelsome, but, but must be kind to anyone. Hallelujah. Able to teach, not necessary. Hallelujah. Opponent must be gently entrusted in hope. Hallelujah. The God will grant them repentance, leading them to knowledge of the truth. And they will be come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Hallelujah. So that, that's why Satan is taking people captive in this last day. So they will do his will. Hallelujah. Nothing else but that. So you will walk away from the faith and not do the will of God. So this is why God, hallelujah, had called his people like he did in, in the time of the secret, Jeremiah and Isaiah, to come out from among them, hallelujah. Because the God's people, when, when these demons who look like humans went into the temple, who, who are godless, away from God, God had nothing to do with them. Hallelujah. One of the teachings people were teaching the people this wrong teaching, this false teaching, giving them full, full, full prophecy. Hallelujah. Uh, time of peace is coming. Time of peace is coming. And Ezekiel was prophesying, Jeremiah and Isaiah were prophesying destruction, wrath of God. The, 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 the other one, the demon, was saying, were prophesying peace. And God said to, 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 to the people through Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Isaiah, uh, tell them, hallelujah, that I have not spoken those words. I have not said that. They're false, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And that's because we are all responsible. I read to you in, in Genesis chapter 6, hallelujah, when the, the angels of God, fallen angels, had sex with the woman, a man, hallelujah, the Nephilim, hallelujah, uh, um, God um, came against the, the, the woman. He did throw the, 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 the demon in hell and, and put him in, on the chain, the Bible said, tied up with chain, hallelujah. But uh, the women, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, he, he punished the women. He reduced their years to 120 years. God got so mad, hallelujah, for what they did. And it said, the Bible said, it hurt his heart that he created men on the earth, hallelujah. And this is when he, he was looking for somebody that was righteous, that was right standing, seeking him, hallelujah, who was not sleeping, who was not having crazy sex like these people were, hallelujah. And um, praise God, hallelujah, he found Noah righteous in front of his eyes, hallelujah. And because of Noah's faith, he saved his family, which A, were saved. He told Noah to create an ark. And Jesus says, and look in, and in Matthew 24, that these days will be the days like in the days of Noah and Lot. Hallelujah. And in the times of Lot, we know that the, 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 the demon who already taken over the whole city wanted to go ahead and just sleep men with men, woman with woman. It was already happening because that's what these demons do. Hallelujah, like Paul said, they, they do sin and, and they enjoy it. Hallelujah. And this is why we got so, mo so much homosexual up there. And these, these homosexuals, the majority of them, hallelujah, I don't know if it's a high percentage. I don't know if it's close to 100%. Are all, are all demons. And all these lesbians are all demons also, too. And people are getting all confused because that's what they do. That's what they practice. They go on to hell. What they're trying to do is get human real human confused with what they're doing and teaching them about that it's okay to be a lesbian or homosexual. Now they're teaching kids. I mean, I was working with a program who worked with young kids, uh, a state program, hallelujah. And um, we were helping youth, young young people, 7, 8, and 11. And uh, this kid was around four, 13, 14, hallelujah. And they were teaching in the program, hallelujah, that he, he hallelujah, he was having sexual confusion, they call and um, he, they were teaching this kid, hallelujah, that it was okay for him to be a, a homosexual. 
Hello, and I, I, you know, they wanted me to teach them about to encourage them about it. God forbid me that I would do such a thing to encourage somebody to be a homosexual. No, you know what I tell this kid was homosexual is a sin in the eyes of God. Hallelujah! He needed to repent and needed God. Hallelujah! Praise God! Hallelujah! So that that wasn't good. With what what I was telling this kid to them. Hallelujah! To God, I, I got to do the will of God no matter what, even though they caught my head no matter what. Hallelujah. So, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Homosexual is a sin. Levianism is a sin. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the one that practices these things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, the Bible said. Hallelujah. So, in another word, they're going to go to hell if they don't repent. That's what the Bible said. Hallelujah. Didn't Jesus call those people, hallelujah, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, call them that the father was the devil? All the, all the Pharisees cried because they were all demons. Jesus said, your father is the devil. Hallelujah. But he didn't say much so much because of them. He said it because of the multitude of human who were listening to Jesus' teaching. So in order for Jesus to reveal whom they are, he said, their father is the devil. He says to them, your father is the devil. Speaking to the Pharisees cried. They were demons. And Jesus knew they were demons. Hallelujah. So he wanted his people to hear the truth. Hallelujah. So Jesus taught about this demon. Paul taught about this demon. Paul taught Timothy not to listen to these demon teaching. Hallelujah. So we got all these demon teachings in the churches right now. Mega churches with demon teaching them the words. What do you do? Pray to God. I know many of you are writing to me, Brother Elby, what about this person? I'm not going to go in to get into that. The Lord don't want me to do that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and read the word of God. Read Read uh, John's letter and Peter's letters, hallelujah. And, the, and, the, and Timothy, letter of Timothy and, and First Timothy and Second Timothy. Read it carefully. Ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom to discern. Read the, the one chapter of Jude, hallelujah, the book of Jude, before Revelation, hallelujah. And that all puts it very clear to you, hallelujah, about these demons. So you can identify them through the word, hallelujah. And you can stay away from their teaching, hallelujah. I'm telling you, they will not admit to you that Jesus came from God. They will go around that topic, but they never go straight to the point. Why? Because they're demon. They can say that the Bible says, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So uh, 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 these things are you, are you to teach and insist on, says um, Paul. Uh, if anyone teaches otherwise, they does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and Godly's teaching, they are conceited and understanding nothing. Hallelujah. So the, the, what they're teaching, hallelujah, is not true. Simply, it's not true. It's a lie. Verse 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in well, which is not so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides every, everything for the enjoyment. Command them to do good, to, to uh, rich in good deeds, hallelujah. To be generous, willing to share. In this very way, they will put treasure for themselves and for a foundation for the coming ages. So that they may take hold of the life and the truly, and the truly life. In the coming ages, in the millennium, hallelujah, every money you give to the poor now. Let me tell you, it's going to be a great blessing to you when you go into the millennium kingdom of Jesus Christ. For a thousand years, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. You are going to have a great house. You're going to have a great place in the millennium, hallelujah, because uh, your tithes and offering, you're giving and you're giving to the poor, hallelujah. 
you will have no need, hallelujah, hallelujah, of anything, because you have, you have enough credit, hallelujah, when you go to the millennium, you and your family, hallelujah, you might probably have to support a lot of your family who are not given to the poor, not given to God, hallelujah, but you, uh, like Job and like Abraham, will be very wealthy in the millennium, hallelujah, praise God, and in heaven, you will have a great mansion, hallelujah, praise Jesus, hallelujah, praise God, I, I, I'm going to have many houses in the millennium, the Lord already has shown this to me, hallelujah, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with what the Lord has given me, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So the more you give to the kingdom of heaven, the better place you're going to have, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. First Peter 4, hallelujah. Now, suffering as a Christian. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come unto you to test you, although you... Something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in how much, hallelujah, as you participate in the suffering of Christ, of Christ so that you may be enjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory, hallelujah, of our God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be a, as a murderer or thief or any other kinds of criminal or even as a matler, hallelujah. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but, but praise God that you hear the name, hallelujah. For it is time for the judgment to begin with God's household. For it is be, if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God, hallelujah. And if it's hard for the righteous to be saved, what will come of the ungodly and the sinner, hallelujah. So you, you see right there clearly that Peter identified that there are two types of people besides the believer. You got the ungodly, which are these demons, and then you got the sinner. These are humans, hallelujah, who are very weak in the flesh, and they sin all the time. Basically, the sinner needs to be re and repenting. The ungodly, hallelujah, they're going to hell. They're demons, hallelujah. And, and all around the Bible, you see the, the distinction about how the apostle tells the difference, who are ungodly, who are demon, and who are human. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So those who suffer according to God's will should commit, commit themselves to the, to the faithful creator and continue to do good. Hallelujah. So if you're suffering now for the Lord, rejoice. Hallelujah. We're all doing it. We're all suffering for the Lord right now. Hallelujah. And this is the word of God, that we suffer, we go, we go home, hallelujah. But the day is approaching when you and I are going home, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah, for his word, hallelujah. That makes things so clear. Second Peter 2, hallelujah. But there were also four prophets amongst the people. And I want to point out something out of this, hallelujah. Just as there will be false teachers among you, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. These are these demons. Now, they will secretly introduce destructive heresy. There you go, the demon working in secret again. Just as I read to you in, in, um, uh, uh, in Jude, that they were introducing so into, into the churches secretly, well, into the peoples of God, no, so no one will, will recognize them, hallelujah. They will go in there, and they will praise God with you, and they will read the word, and they will quote the word, hallelujah. Praise God, but not recognizing that Jesus came from God, from God or he, that he walked out here, down here as a human being in the flesh, hallelujah. They will not recognize that, hallelujah. They will go around it, but not recognize it, hallelujah. So these are the points you want to research, hallelujah, in your Bible. 
and highlight them, hallelujah, underline them, hallelujah. So you can remember in case, hallelujah, you got to teach them, hallelujah. Teach this to your brothers and sisters. Uh, study these things, hallelujah. So you know, hallelujah, so when someone like this comes from the, from the enemy to try to deceive you or your brothers, hallelujah, your sister, you know, you can point it out in the Bible and says, look what the Bible says here, hallelujah. And when you stand in true like Paul there and the apostle, hallelujah, the enemy will not stand for that, hallelujah. He's all about lying and deceiving, hallelujah. Even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, hallelujah. They were denying the sovereign Lord, hallelujah, bringing sweet destruction on themselves. Hallelujah. And then he said they already condemned. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them. Hallelujah. Long, long time ago, since, since, since Enoch prophesied about them, about their destruction. Hallelujah. So before they even were born out of these demons, hallelujah, their destruction is sweet coming upon them. Has been prophesied long ago, hallelujah, that their destruction will come, hallelujah. Not to you, if you repent and seek the Lord, it's to them, to these demons, hallelujah. They're not going to repent. They're not going to heaven, hallelujah. Uh, praise God, hallelujah. I was telling the brothers and sisters that one, one person wrote to me, hallelujah. What about one of these demons that, I, that is a minister in the church? One is repenting and wants to go to heaven. <laughs> they, they've been cut out of, the, out of hell already. And these demons are the work of Satan. They're not going back to heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tonight, we're going to end up the study with this about, about these demons. Hallelujah. We're going to go on to another topic tomorrow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But I, I want to finish um, clearly by the word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, many will follow the, the grave conduct and will bring the way of the truth into this pure, uh, this pure Hallelujah. And the greed, hallelujah, these teachers will explore you with a fabricated story, hallelujah. Fabricated story. Fabricated means that they're not a real story, hallelujah. They, they are booklets up there, a fabricated story, that they are not real. They never happened. But someone went and fabricated. These demons fabricated this story. And for what, hallelujah, they use this story to preach it in the church, be careful when you hear one of these teacher evangelists or whatever. Uh, and they quote the Bible in the beginning, and then they go story, 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 story. Be very careful. Ask the Lord, Hallelujah, because they're, they're demons, Hallelujah. They're doing this, Hallelujah, to deceive God's people, Hallelujah. So, Hallelujah. So they bring this fabricated story, Hallelujah, to deceive God's people, Hallelujah. For God did not. If for the not, God did not spare the angel when they sin by sending them into hell, putting them in chain of darkness, hallelujah, to be held for judgment, hallelujah. Hallelujah. He did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on the ungodly people. You see, all the people besides North, Noah, hallelujah, were demons in the times of Noah. Hallelujah. God had nothing to do with them, hallelujah. Only a few were human, which Jesus went down, hallelujah, to, to get them out, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. The Bible says, in, praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And, hallelujah. And Peter, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Well, I know a lot of you have sent me a lot of questions, hallelujah, about all these things, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. But I know a lot of the questions have been asked to me, hallelujah, to, to help and to uh, and to name some of the uh, demons that are on TV and all that. I, I had said I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to name them, hallelujah. 
Praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we know, I know we had open mind today, but we had all this problem with the audio today, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So, um, praise Jesus. So, all the other questions that I'm seeing so far, hallelujah, uh, I just, I just, I'm not going to go into that because the Lord told me now to do it, hallelujah. Praise God, about these demons, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Because they are what they are, hallelujah. And, and what the Lord wants his people is to go to him, hallelujah. And this is this has to do with your relationship with Jesus. You you got you you gotta be uh, uh, um, seeking the Lord about whom you want, who the Lord wants you to stay away from. Even if it's a leader in your church, you just gotta seek the Lord about it. That's what I did. I seek the Lord, and the Lord just started me revealing me the truth whom they are. Hallelujah! And I was very surprised at how much of them are around. Hallelujah! Many of them. Hallelujah! So um, do the same thing, hallelujah. Seek the Lord, hallelujah. Praise God. I know someone wrote to me about a dream, hallelujah. Praise God. You want to, the Lord is showing you uh, things to dream. What you want to do, hallelujah, is um, praise God, hallelujah. You can <clears throat> ask the Lord when you get a dream of revelation and a dream to confirm it to you, hallelujah. If if you don't understand the dream you said you had, uh, ask the Lord to to. To reveal it to you. Because the same Lord that gave you the dream will give you also the understanding. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom to understand the dream you had. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because uh, and dream has great importance. Hallelujah. And like the dream that Pharaoh had, it was actually to save all the people. Hallelujah. Not only that, but even including the Jewish people. And God, hallelujah, seven years of famine. and First seven years of prosperity and then seven years of famine. Hallelujah, which God used Joseph, hallelujah, to save all that wheat, all that, all that food. So, they, hallelujah, well, they will not die through the famine. Because seven years of famine is a long time, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So, um, you just want to ask the Lord again. Go back to the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, give me another dream about it. But give it to me with the understanding that I'm able to understand the, the, what you were showing me through the dream, Lord. Hallelujah. And I know people mention the dreams are about the rapture. Hallelujah. Well, the day and the hour, I want to say this to the people. The day and the hour is in the word of God. No one knows, including the angels in heaven, don't know the, the when are we going home. But the, the Bible, Jesus gave us signs and wonder that will happen. And according to the Bible, all the, all the, all the signs have come to pass. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It, we're real close to this rapture. Hallelujah. And he's going to come for us, hallelujah, very soon, hallelujah, to take us home, hallelujah. So if you want to get more revelation, don't ask the Lord to give you the day or the hour, hallelujah. He's not going to give it to you, hallelujah. Because I try to find out the day or the hour. He's not going to give it to anybody. Praise God, hallelujah. We just got to be ready for that day and hour. That's what the Lord wants us to, to be, hallelujah. Before we go home, just be ready seeking the Lord, Hallelujah. If you're nervous, thinking, well, um, um, like the Lord showed me that I'm going to stay in the tribulation, maybe uh, one thing you want to consider is um, that the Lord wants you to be you and be repenting now. Okay? Like I said, uh, we, sin, we sin almost all day long. We sin in our mind and our heart, different way we sin. So if, we, if we're in constant sin, that means we've got to be in constant repenting. The Lord revealed to me, if we're not in constant repenting, if we don't believe we need to be in constant repenting, that's pride. That's pride. And we need to repent pride also. Pride, doubt, and unbelief. 
These are three things that, that the Lord wants us, hallelujah, to be in constant repenting, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So go back to the Lord and ask the Lord, hallelujah, just to help you understand more, hallelujah. But don't try to understand that that, that you're going to know the day or the hour and tell everybody, oh, I know the day and the hour, because that, that, you know, no one knows, including the angel, hallelujah. Praise God. So if God don't reveal it to his angel, what, you, what makes you think he's going to reveal it to us? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we just got to trust God. Hallelujah. And, and we just got to keep on seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. To take us home. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So um, what do you do if you find out that, that, that your pastor is a demon or the leader in your church is a demon? You stay away from the church. That's what you do. You stay away from the church. If God reveals to you, hallelujah, that he is a demon, you stay away. You don't go back to that church. Hallelujah. You just don't go back. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, many are going to the valleys. Hallelujah. Um, after after the rapture goes up, it says him right there clearly, Matthew 25, the door will be closed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Jesus is going to close the door. God is going to close the door. Hallelujah. Then it starts the tribulation, hallelujah. And then that means if he closes the door, then the only uh, things that God has revealed to us that is going to be available is the valleys. People will be going to the valleys. Those that are beheaded for the Lord, okay? Those that are beheaded for the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. In the tribulation, who don't get the mark of the beast, they are the ones that are going to the valleys, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not just anybody who die. Hallelujah. It has to be done for the Lord. Hallelujah. If you if you get killed, okay, praise God, which I find it very difficult how you how how else you are going to die because it's that it's going to elude everybody in the tribulation. And the only way you're gonna die is by being beheaded. So I don't see any other way you're gonna die. Okay? I just don't see any other way possible. That you can die. The only way I see is by being beheaded. Because that's what the word of God says. And I got to stand on the word on that. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Because if you if you get shot, let's say on your chest, on your arm, whatever. You're still alive because death is going to elude you. You're not going to die. You're going to be around maybe bleeding or whatever. And the tribulation, which the Lord has shown this to many people. But, you know, you need to be, you still need to be beheaded. You still, um, that's why, you know, this is why the United States and all these countries are buying this guillotine, hallelujah, that we've been talking about. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Um, and so, um, praise God. So this guillotine is to be happy, but to cut their hair. Hallelujah. So many will be beheaded, hallelujah. Yes, and the rapture million are going to the valley also because they're not ready to go into heaven. Hallelujah. The Lord has shown this to you, Thomas. Has confirmed it to us very clearly, hallelujah. Has taken me to the valley twice. I've seen the valley. I've seen the different valleys, hallelujah. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And, and yet millions, the Lord told me this too, are going to the valleys because they're not ready to go in heaven, hallelujah. And the Bible tells you how Jesus wants you to be here for that day, spotless white, bright, hallelujah, for the bridegroom, hallelujah. No rank or nothing, hallelujah, in your garment, in your clothes, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. So if you're not like that, you're going to the valley because we're saved by grace. And we still got to be thankful to God. Don't think the valley is a bad place. Hallelujah. You still got to be thankful to God because he's taking you to the valley. He's not sending you to hell. 
He's taking you to the body. I prefer to be in the body than hell. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can still learn about God up there and study his word because many do. Hallelujah. I've seen, I seen the people, one another, sharing the word of God. Hallelujah. And the body is encouraging one another with the word of God. A group of people just going about the word of God all day long in the body. Hallelujah. They're outside the first level of heaven. At least they, they, they can see the door maybe at the first level, but they cannot go in there. They're not allowed to go in there, hallelujah. Praise God. The outer darkness, that's what the valley is. It's the outer darkness in the Bible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. So, praise God, hallelujah. Uh, um, so, our, 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 the will of God for us to go to heaven. But if you don't prepare yourself, how he called you to be a spotless bride, hallelujah, by faith we're saved, and he'll bring you into the valley. Hallelujah, which that's what the Lord is doing with a lot of people now. He's getting them ready to the valley because they're not ready to go to heaven. Hallelujah. So one thing the Lord has revealed to us is whatever your soul and spirit is, that's where you're going. So if your soul and spirit is in the first level of heaven, that's where you're going. Hallelujah. If your your spirit and soul is in the compartment, you're going to the valleys. And when I say this compartment in hell but that, that are protected by angels, the Lord has also taken me there. Hallelujah to the compartment. I seen clearly the compartment twice already. Praise God, Hallelujah! And, and they're very protected by angel, demon, and the devil has no access to these compartment. And what they do when people repent on earth, Hallelujah! They're saved by grace. The Lord put the Lord put their soul and body in the compartment. If you're not saved, if you're walking without Jesus, your soul and spirit is in hell, being tormented. Okay, Praise God. So when you repent to Jesus, then the Lord takes your soul and spirit out of out of hell, out of being tormented, puts it in the compartment. And then he, he can cleanse you as you go on seeking the Lord here on earth. Hallelujah. Your body, you and your body. Praise God. Hallelujah. He cleanses your body. And your soul and your spirit, which is you, are being cleansed at the same time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So just um, continue to, this is why we need to be asking the Lord to continue to cleanse us to purify us, to cleanse us with his blood and purify us with his holy fire. Praise God. Seek that the Lord, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. We'll, we'll cleanse you with his holy fire, hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I know many people have a lot of questions about this, but the whole idea is that you seek God, that you ask the Lord to purify you, to cleanse you every day, and to be in constant, constant repenting. Hallelujah. We need to be in constant repenting and listening to the Holy Spirit. This is one problem we have. We don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the Lord wants us to, to, to listen to His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because His Holy Spirit is guiding us to all true. Hallelujah. And if we listen to Him, hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, uh, we, we will not be deceived by this demon, hallelujah, and principality that are in human form, um, deceiving people, teaching the word. Twisting the word, teaching deceiving word, hallelujah. Deceiving teaching, hallelujah. Who are very famous out there in the world because many people have supported them with a lot of money. They got millions of dollars in the bank, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. And um, praise God, they got great ministry down here, these demons. So horrible things, not even, even to think about it, hallelujah. But this is life down here, hallelujah. This is why I want the Lord to take me out of here. This is why we want to get out of here. Because this whole world, John says, is under, under darkness, under the power of the evil one. He said, hallelujah. So the, the devil, hallelujah, is basically running rampage up there, doing all kinds of evil. But, I mean, the Lord is still in control because uh, greater he is that he is in us than he is in the world. Praise God, hallelujah. 
But um, praise Jesus, hallelujah. The devil is allowed to do all these things, hallelujah. He's been doing it for thousands of years. He is allowed to deceive people. He is deceiving people. But the the, the greatest tri uh, triumph that the enemy thinks he's going to have is this seven-year tribulation. He can't wait until he started the seven-year tribulation because they think that's their glory right there. Hallelujah. They're going to kill people as, as much as they want, they think. Hallelujah. But the Lord has his purpose for many people. Hallelujah. Who's going to stay in the tribulation. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm, I'm not telling you by this. For you to want it to stay in the tribulation. Don't do that. Because there will be no Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to rebuke this demon. Without the Holy Spirit who is the power. The power of God. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need the Holy Spirit for everything else. Hallelujah. We need him. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, even the disciple, before Jesus sent them into the ministry, he told them, stay in Jerusalem and don't move from there until you receive the power that, that comes from my Father, from heaven, the promise. Act 1A of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you shall receive power, Jesus said. Hallelujah. So we need that power. We need it to be able to do the will of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the one that convicts people about sin. Hallelujah. Without the Holy Spirit, you're not convinced of sin. You're not convicted of sin. Hallelujah. I've seen this. When the Lord took me the other day, uh, last week into, into the tribulation, when the Holy Spirit was taken out. Hallelujah. People, people were killing other people without any mercy. I saw that, and I was like, wow. Young people, uh, other people were killing and shooting them with shotguns. You know, look at how many guns there's in the United States and around the world right now. What do you think people have all those guns for? They're going to kill people in the tribulation. Because the Holy Spirit is not here to convict them anymore in the tribulation. So they'll be able to do and walk away laughing. Laughing they're going to walk away. They have no mercy for anybody. There's no conviction of sin. Hallelujah. So you can imagine, hallelujah, now that we have the Holy Spirit and people are so sinning, imagine when he's taken out and no one is there to tell you because that's the job of the Holy Spirit. You sin, you sin, you sin. Now when we sin, we get a conviction of it. Hallelujah. But when the Holy Spirit gets taken out, there's no conviction of sin. Hallelujah. So how are you going to be convinced? Well, by knowing the Word of God, you're going to have to remember the Word. You're going to have to remember the Word says not to do that. Because you're not going to have the Holy Spirit. So this is why you want to get into the Word. You want to get into the Word now. Hallelujah. And learn the Word. Because one thing the Antichrist is going to do, and the Lord showed this to me, i seen the army going around through every house, uh, getting all the Bibles and putting it in the middle of the city, in the middle of the fire, burning the Bible. They were burning the Bible in the tribulation. Hallelujah. It was so horrible. Hallelujah. But that's what's coming. Hallelujah. So I want to advise people to buy Bible for the other people in the tribulation. Even though if you're not going to stay in the tribulation, buy Bible. Hallelujah. Hide them. Hallelujah. Just tell a few people, man. Don't tell anybody. So people will be able to find, find those Bibles because they're going to burn the Bible. I'm telling you, this is one of the missions of the devil and these demons. Soon as the church is out of here and the Holy Spirit is out with the church, with the people that are going home, he's going to send, he's going to put an order right out there right away. Hallelujah. By, he's going to make it a law for the Bible to be burned. Hallelujah. The Roman did this once. It's in the history. Once they burn all the Bible, they want to eliminate the Bible. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that, that, this is one thing that is going to, going to happen. 
And don't worry getting a job in the tribulation. You're not going to get a job in the tribulation. You're going to be running from the demon. How are you going to get a job when you're running for your own life? You're just going to be surviving in, in, the, in the tribulation. Hallelujah. So that's another thing you want to remember too. Hallelujah. It's going to be all survival in the tribulation. Seven years survival. Hallelujah. You're going to have to figure out where you're going to have food, whether you're going to have enough food to eat. And besides getting all the judgment of God, all these earthquakes and tsunamis that are coming to the earth. Hallelujah. You're going to be hiding. Hallelujah. And completely hiding from these demons. Hiding from the law because they want to kill you unless you get the mark of the beast. The Lord showed this to me. Hallelujah. I, I've been shocked by the Lord all this past week. Because he's been taking me back to the, to the tribulation showing me new things. So I can share with his people. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is revealing many are sleeping. They're not taking his, his warning serious. And this is very serious. The devil is going to kill many people. Hallelujah. And people got to take the warning of God serious. They can't play with this stuff. Hallelujah. They can't play with this. Hallelujah. Well, we're running out of time. Hallelujah. And I want to remind people to continue to support the radio program. Hallelujah. We're supporting the poor in Israel. You can go to the lordshour.com. The Lord's with X. Lordshour.com. Hallelujah. And, and you can donate to the PayPal.com. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And we're supporting the poor in Israel. We'll continue to support the poor in Israel. Hallelujah. We want to do this. Hallelujah. We want to support the poor. We want to help them out. Hallelujah. That's the calling of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And by you doing that, and I'm sending your Tyson offering, hallelujah, your 10% plus the offering to the poor in Israel, you will have a credit in heaven too. Hallelujah. So you want to might think about this. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Because I know a lot of people have told me, oh, I have problems sending to the poor. Like this brother that shared with me that all his life, he has never given a single dollar, okay, to the poor. And I was so sad. And he, he has an infirmity which he's going to die. Hallelujah. And, and he has, has not sent his support to the poor in Israel. Hallelujah. And, and you know, you don't want to be like that. You want to support the poor. So God bless you. Hallelujah. We have ran out of, out of time. May the peace of the Lord be in your life. I bless you. I can only imagine what it would be like when I This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Humility by Andrew Murray Chapter 1 Humility, the glory of the creature They shall cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive the glory and the honor and the power for thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they are and were created. Revelation 4, 10 and 11 
When God created the universe, it was with the one object of making the creature partaker of his perfection and blessedness, and so showing forth in it the glory of his love and wisdom and power. God wished to reveal himself in and through created beings by communicating to them as much of his own goodness and glory as they were capable of receiving. But this communication was not a giving to the creature something which it could possess in itself, a certain life or goodness of which it had the charge and disposal. By no means. But as God is the ever-living, ever-present, ever-acting One who upholds all things by the word of His power and in whom all things exist, the relation of the creature to God could only be one of unceasing, absolute, universal dependence. As truly as God by His power once created, so truly by that same power must God every moment maintain. The creature has not only to look back to the origin and first beginning of existence and acknowledge that there owes everything to God, its chief care, its highest virtue, its only happiness, now and through all eternity, is to present itself an empty vessel in which God can dwell and manifest His power and goodness. The life God bestows is imparted not once for all, but each moment continuously by the unceasing operation of His mighty power. Humility, the place of entire dependence on God, is, from the very nature of things, the first duty and the highest virtue of the creature. In fact, it is the root of every virtue. And so pride, or the loss of this humility, is the root of every sin and evil. It was when the now fallen angels began to look upon themselves with self-complacency that they were led to disobedience and were cast down from the light of heaven into outer darkness. Even so it was when the serpent breathed the poison of his pride, the desire to be as God, into the hearts of our first parents that they too fell from their high estate into all the wretchedness in which man is now sunk. In heaven and earth, pride, self-exaltation is the gate and the birth and the curse of hell. Hence it follows that nothing can be our redemption but the restoration of the lost humility, the original and only true relation of the creature to its God. And so Jesus came to bring humility back to earth, to make us partakers of it and by it to save us. In heaven he humbled himself to become man. The humility we see in him possessed him in heaven. It brought him, he brought it from there. Here on earth he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. His humility gave his death its value and so became our redemption. And now the salvation he imparts is nothing less and nothing else than a communication of his own life and death, his own disposition and spirit, his own humility as the ground and root of his relation to God and his redeeming work. Jesus Christ took the place and fulfilled the destiny of man as a creature by his life of perfect humility. His humility is our salvation. His salvation is our humility.
And so the life of the saved ones, of the saints, must needs bear this stamp of deliverance from sin and full restoration to their original state, their whole relation to God and man marked by an all-pervading humility. Without this, there can be no true abiding in God's presence or experience of His favor and the power of His Spirit. Without this, no abiding faith or love or joy or strength. Humility is the only soil in which the grace is root. The lack of humility is the sufficient explanation of every defect and failure. Humility is not so much a grace or virtue along with others as it is the root of all because it alone takes the right attitude before God and allows Him as God to do all. God has so constituted us as reasonable beings that the truer the insight into the real nature or the absolute need of a command, the readier and fuller will be our obedience to it. The call to humility has been too little regarded in the Church because its true nature and importance has been too little apprehended. It is not a something which we bring to God or which He bestows. It is simply the sense of entire nothingness which comes when we see how truly God is all and in which we make way for God to be all. When the creature realizes that this is the true nobility and can sense to be, with his will, his mind, and his affections, the form, the vessel in which the life and glory of God are to work and manifest themselves, he sees that humility is simply acknowledging the truth of his position as creature and yielding to God his place. In the life of earnest Christians, of those who pursue and profess holiness, humility ought to be the chief mark of their uprightness. It is often said that it is not so. May not one reason be that in the teaching and example of the Church, humility has never had that place of supreme importance which belongs to it, and that this, again, is owing to the neglect of this truth, that strong as sin is, as a motive to humility, there is one of still wider and mightier influence, that which makes the angels, that which made Jesus, that which makes the holiest of saints in heaven, so humble that the first and chief mark of the relation of the creature, the secret of his blessedness, is the humility and nothingness which leaves God free to be all. I am sure there are many Christians who will confess that their experience has been very much like my own in this, that we had long known the Lord without realizing that meekness and lowliness of heart are to be the distinguishing feature of the disciple as they were of the Master, and further, that this humility is not a thing that will come of itself, but that, that it must be made the object of special desire and prayer and faith and practice. As we study the Word, we shall see what very distinct and oft-repeated instructions Jesus gave His disciples on this point, and how slow they were in understanding Him. Let us, at the very commencement of our meditations, Admit that there is nothing so natural to man, nothing so insidious and hidden from our sight, nothing so difficult and dangerous as pride. Let us feel that nothing but a very determined and persevering waiting on God and Christ will reveal how lacking we are in the grace of humility and how impotent we are to obtain what we seek. 
Let us study the character of Christ until our souls are filled with the love and admiration of His lowliness. And let us believe that when we are broken down under a sense of our pride and of our impotence to cast it out, Jesus Christ Himself will come in to impart this grace too as a part of His wondrous life within us. End of chapter 1 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Humility by Andrew Murray Chapter 2 Humility, the Secret of Redemption Have this mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death, Wherefore also God highly exalted him. Philippians 2, 5-9 No tree can grow except on the root from which it sprang. Through all its existence it can only live with the life that was in the seed that gave it being. The full apprehension of this truth in its application to the first and the second Adam cannot but help us greatly to understand both the need and the nature of the redemption there is in Jesus the need. When the old serpent, he who had been cast out from heaven for his pride, whose whole nature as devil was pride, spoke his words of temptation into the ear of Eve, these words carried with them the very poison of hell. And when she listened, and yielded her desire and her will to the prospect of being as God, knowing good and evil, the poison entered into her soul and blood and life, destroying forever that blessed humility and dependence upon God which would have been our everlasting happiness. And instead of this, her life and the life of the race that sprang from her became corrupted to its very root with that most terrible of all sins and all curses, the poison of Satan's own pride. All the wretchedness of which this world has been the scene all its wars and bloodshed among the nations, all its selfishness and suffering, all its ambitions and jealousies, all its broken hearts and embittered lives, with all its daily unhappiness, have their origin in what this cursed, hellish pride, either our own or that of others, has brought us. It is pride that made redemption needful, it is from our pride that we need above everything to be redeemed. And our insight into the need of redemption will largely depend upon our knowledge of the terrible nature of the power that has entered our being. No tree can grow except on the root from which it sprang. The power that Satan brought from hell and cast into man's life is working daily, hourly, with mighty power throughout the world. Men suffer from it, they fear and fight and flee it, and yet they know not whence it comes, whence it has its terrible supremacy. No wonder they do not know where or how it is to be overcome. Pride has its root and strength in a terrible spiritual power outside of us as well as within us, and as needful as it is that we confess and deplore it as our very own, of equal importance is the recognition of its satanic origin. If this leads us to utter despair of ever conquering or casting it out, 
it will lead us all the sooner to that supernatural power in which alone our deliverance is to be found, the redemption of the Lamb of God. Our hopeless struggle against the working of self and pride within us may indeed become still more hopeless as we think of the power of darkness behind it all. But the utter despair will fit us the better for realizing and accepting a power of a life outside of ourselves, even the humility of heaven as brought down and brought nigh by the Lamb of God, to cast out Satan and his pride. No tree can grow except on the root from which it sprang. Even as we need to look to the first Adam and his fall to know the power of the sin within us, we need to know well the second Adam and his power to give within us a life of humility as real and abiding and overmastering as has been that of pride. We have our life from and in Christ, as truly, yea, more truly, than from and in Adam. We are to walk rooted in Him, holding fast the head from whom the whole body increaseth with the increase of God. The life of God in which the Incarnation entered human nature is the root in which we are to stand and grow. It is the same Almighty Power that worked there and thence onward to the Resurrection, which works daily in us. Our one need is to study and know and trust the life that has been revealed in Christ as the life that is now ours and waits for our consent to gain possession and mastery of our whole being. In this view, it is of inconceivable importance that we should have right thoughts of what Christ is, of what really constitutes Him the Christ, and especially of what may be counted His chief characteristic the root and essence of all his character as our Redeemer. There can be but one answer. It is his humility. What is the Incarnation but his heavenly humility? His emptying himself and becoming man. What is his life on earth but humility? His taking the form of a servant. And what is his atonement but humility? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. And what is his ascension and his glory but humility exalted to the throne and crowned with glory? He humbled himself, therefore God highly exalted him. In heaven, where he was with the Father, in his birth, in his life, in his death, in his sitting on the throne, it is all, it is nothing but humility. Christ is the humility of God embodied in human nature, the eternal love humbling itself, clothing itself in the garb of meekness and gentleness to win and serve and save us. As the love and condescension of God makes Him the benefactor and helper and servant of all, so Jesus of necessity was the incarnate humility. And so he is still in the midst of the throne, the meek and lowly Lamb of God. If this be the root of the tree, its nature must be seen in every branch and leaf and fruit. If humility be the first and all including grace of the life of Jesus, if humility be the secret of his atonement, then the health and strength of our spiritual life will entirely depend upon our putting this grace first also and making humility the chief thing we admire in Him, 
the chief thing we ask of Him, the one thing for which we sacrifice all else. Is it any wonder that the Christian life is so often feeble and fruitless when the very root of the Christ life is neglected, is unknown? Is it any wonder that the joy of salvation is so little felt when that attitude in which Christ found it and brings it so little sought? Until a humility which will rest in nothing less than the end and death of self, which gives up all the honor of men as Jesus did, to seek the honor that comes from God alone, which absolutely makes and counts itself nothing, that God may be all, that the Lord alone may be exalted, until such a humility be what we seek in Christ above our chief joy and welcome at any price, there is very little hope of a religion that will conquer the world. I cannot too earnestly plead with my reader. If possible, his attention has never yet been specially directed to the lack there is of humility within him or around him, to pause and ask whether he sees much of the spirit of the meek and lowly Lamb of God in those who are called by his name. Let him consider all who lack of love, all indifference to the needs, the feelings, the weakness of others, all sharp and hasty judgments and utterances, so often excused under the plea of being outright and honest, all manifestations of temper and touchiness and irritation, all feelings of bitterness and estrangement, how these all have their root in nothing but pride that ever seeks itself. Then his eyes will be opened to see how a dark shall I not say a devilish pride creeps in almost everywhere the assemblies of the saints not accepted let him begin to ask what would be the effect within himself and those around him if in relations both toward fellow saints and the world believers were really permanently guided by the humility of Jesus and let him say if the cry of our whole heart night and day ought not to be Oh, for the humility of Jesus in myself and all around me. Let him honestly fix his heart on his own lack of that humility which has been revealed in the likeness of Christ's life and in the whole character of his redemption, and he will begin to feel as if he had never yet really known what Christ and his salvation is. Believer, study the humility of Jesus. This is the secret, the hidden root of your redemption sink down into it deeper day by day. Believe with your whole heart that this Christ, whom God has given you, even as His divine humility accomplished the work for you, will enter in to dwell and work within you too and make you what the Father would have you to be. End of chapter 2 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Humility by Andrew Murray Chapter 3 Humility in the Life of Jesus I am in the midst of you as he that serveth. Luke 22:27. In the Gospel of John we have the inner life of our Lord laid open to us. Jesus speaks frequently of his relation to the Father, of the motives by which he is guided, of his consciousness of the power and spirit in which he acts. Though the word humble does not occur, 
we shall nowhere in Scripture see so clearly wherein his humility consisted. We have already seen that this grace is, in truth, nothing but that simple consent of the creature to let God be all, in virtue of which it surrenders itself to his working alone. In Jesus we shall see how both as the Son of God in heaven and as man upon earth he took the place of entire subordination and gave God the honor and the glory which is due to him. And what he so often taught became thus a reality for himself. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. As it is written, he humbled himself, therefore God highly exalted him. Listen to the words in which our Lord speaks of his relation to the Father and see how unceasingly he uses the words not and nothing of himself. The not I in which Paul later expresses his relation to Christ is the very spirit of what Christ says regarding his relation to the Father. The Son can do nothing of himself. John 5.19 I can of myself do nothing and my judgment is righteous because I seek not mine own will. John 5.30 I receive not glory from men. John 5.41 I am come not to do mine own will. John 6.38 My teaching is not mine. John 7.16 I am not come of myself. John 7.28 I do nothing of myself. John 8.28 Neither have I come of myself, but he sent me. John 8.42 I seek not mine own glory. John 8.50 The words that I say unto you, I speak not from myself. John 14.10 The word which ye hear is not mine. John 14.24 These words open to us the deepest roots of Christ's life and work. They tell us how it was that the Almighty God was able to work His mighty redemptive work through Him. They show what Christ counted the state of His heart which became Him as the Son of the Father. They teach us what the essential nature and life is of that redemption which Christ accomplished and now communicates. It is this. He was nothing that God might be all. He resigned himself with his will and his powers entirely for the Father to work in him. Of his own power, his own will, and his own glory, of his whole mission, with all his work and his teaching, of all this he said, It is not I, I am nothing. I have given myself to the Father to work. I am nothing, the Father is all. This life of entire self-abnegation, of absolute submission and dependence upon the Father's will, Christ found to be one of perfect peace and joy. He lost nothing by giving all to God. God honored His trust and did all for Him and then exalted Him to His own right hand in glory. And because Christ had thus humbled himself before God, and God was ever before him, he found it possible to humble himself before men too, and to be the servant of all. His humility was simply the surrender of himself to God, 
to allow him to do in him what he pleased, no matter what men around might say of him or do to him. It is in this state of mind, in this spirit and disposition, that the redemption of Christ has its virtue and efficacy. It is to bring us to this disposition that we are made partakers of Christ. This is the true self-denial to which our Savior calls us, the acknowledgement that self has nothing good in it except as an empty vessel which God must fill, and that its claim to be or do anything may not for a moment be allowed. It is in this, above and before everything, in which the conformity to Jesus consists, the being and doing nothing of ourselves, that God may be all. Here we have the root and nature of true humility. It is because this is not understood or sought after that our humility is so superficial and so feeble. We must learn of Jesus how he is meek and lowly of heart. He teaches us where true humility takes its rise and finds its strength in the knowledge that it is God who worketh all in all and that our place is to yield to him in perfect resignation and dependence in full consent to be and to do nothing of ourselves. This is the life Christ came to reveal and to impart, a life to God that came through death to sin and self. If we feel that this life is too high for us and beyond our reach, this insight must but the more urge us to seek it in Him, for it is the indwelling Christ who will live in us this life meek and lowly. If we long for this, let us, meanwhile, above everything, seek the holy secret of the knowledge of the nature of God, as He every moment works all in all, the secret of which all nature and every creature, and above all every child of God, is to be the witness, that it is nothing but a vessel, a channel, through which the living God can manifest the riches of His wisdom power and goodness. The root of all virtue and grace, of all faith and acceptable worship, is that we know that we have nothing but what we receive, and bow in deepest humility to wait upon God for it. It was because this humility was not merely a temporary sentiment, wakened up and brought into exercise when he thought of God but was the very spirit of his whole life that Jesus was just as humble in his association with men as with God. He felt himself the servant of God for the men whom God made and loved. As a natural consequence, he counted himself the servant of men, that through him God might do his work of love. He never for a moment thought of seeking personal honor or asserting his power to vindicate himself. His whole spirit was that of a life yielded to God to work in. It is not until Christians study the humility of Jesus as the very essence of his redemption, as the very blessedness of the life of the Son of God, as the only true relation to the Father, and therefore as that which Jesus must give us if we are to have any part with him, that the terrible lack of actual heavenly manifest humility will become a burden and a sorrow 
and our ordinary religion be set aside to secure this, the first and the chief of the marks of the Christ within us. Brother, are you clothed with humility? Ask your daily life. Ask Jesus. Ask your friends. Ask the world. And begin to praise God that there is opened up to you in Jesus a heavenly humility of which you have hardly known and through which a heavenly blessedness you possibly have never yet tasted can come into you. End of chapter 3 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Humility by Andrew Murray Chapter 4 Humility in the Teaching of Jesus Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Matthew 11.29 Whosoever would be first among you shall be your servant, even as the Son of Man came to minister. Matthew 20.27 and 28 We have seen humility in the life of Christ, as he laid open his heart to us. Let us listen now to his teaching. There we shall hear how he speaks of it and how far he expects men, and especially his disciples, to be humble as he was. Let us carefully study the passages, which I can scarce do more than quote, to receive the full impression of how often and how earnestly he taught it. It may help us to realize what he asks of us. 1. Look at the commencement of his ministry. In the Beatitudes, with which the Sermon on the Mount opens, he declares, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The very first words of his proclamation of the kingdom of heaven reveal the open gate through which alone we enter. The poor, who have nothing in themselves, to them the kingdom comes. The meek, who seek nothing in themselves, theirs the earth shall be. The blessings of heaven and earth are for the lowly. For the heavenly and the earthly life, humility is the secret of blessing. 2. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus offers himself as teacher. He tells us what the Spirit is which we shall find in him as our teacher, and which we also can learn and receive from him. Meekness and lowliness is the one thing he offers us. In it we shall find perfect rest of soul. Humility is to be our salvation. 3. The disciples had been disputing who would be the greatest in the kingdom and had agreed to ask the Master. Luke 9.46, Matthew 18.4 He set a child in their midst and said, Whoever shall humble himself as this little child shall be exalted. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? The question is indeed a far-reaching one. What will be the chief distinction in the heavenly kingdom? The answer, none but Jesus would have given. The chief glory of heaven, the true heavenly-mindedness, the chief of the graces, is humility. 
He that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Luke 9.48 4. The sons of Zebedee had asked Jesus that they might sit on his right and left, the highest places in the kingdom. Jesus said this was not his to give, but the Father's, who would give it to those for whom it was prepared. They must not look or ask for it. Their thought must be of the cup and the baptism of humiliation. And then he added, Whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came to serve. Matthew 20, 27 and 28 Humility, as it is the mark of Christ the heavenly, will be the one standard of glory in heaven. The lowliest is the nearest to God. The primacy in the church is promised to the humblest. 5. Speaking to the multitude and the disciples about the Pharisees and their love of the chief seats, Christ said once again, Matthew 23:11, He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Humiliation is the only ladder to honor in God's kingdom. 6. On another occasion, in the house of a Pharisee, he spoke the parable of the guest who had been invited to come up higher, Luke 14, 1-11, and added, For whoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The demand is inexorable. There is no other way. Self-abasement alone will be exalted. 7. After the parable of the Pharisee and the publican, Christ declared again, Luke 18:14, Every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. In the temple and presence and worship of God, everything is worthless that is not pervaded by deep, true humility towards God and men. 8. After washing the disciples' feet, Jesus said, John 13:14, If I then, the Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. The authority of command and example, every thought either of obedience or conformity, make humility the first and most essential element of discipleship. 9. At the Holy Supper table, the disciples still disputed who should be considered the greatest. Luke 22:26 and 27. Jesus said, He that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. I am among you as he that serveth. The path in which Jesus walked and which he opened for us the power and spirit in which he brought about salvation and to which he saves us is ever the humility that makes me the servant of all. Alas, how little this is preached, how little it is practiced, how little the lack of it is felt or confessed. I do not say how few attain to it, to some recognizable measure of likeness to Jesus in his humility. Rather, how few ever think of making it a distinct object of continual desire or prayer. How little the world has seen it. 
how little has it been seen even in the inner circle of the church. Whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Would God that it might be given to us to believe that Jesus means this. We all know what the character of a faithful servant or slave implies. Devotion to the master's interests, thoughtful study and care to please him, delight in his prosperity and honor and happiness. There are servants on earth in whom these dispositions have been seen and to whom the name of servant has never been anything but a glory. Has it not been a new joy in our Christian life to know that we may yield ourselves as servants and slaves to God and to find that His service is our highest liberty, the liberty from sin and self? We need now to learn another lesson, that Jesus calls us to be servants of one another and that as we accept it heartily, this service too will be a most blessed one, a new and fuller liberty too from sin and self. At first it may appear hard. This is only because of the pride which still counts itself something. If once we learn that to be nothing before God is the glory of the creature, the Spirit of Jesus, the joy of heaven, we shall welcome with our whole heart the discipline we may have in serving even those who try to vex us. When our own heart is set upon this, the true sanctification, we shall study each word of Jesus on self-abasement with new zest and no place will be too low and no stooping too deep, no service too mean or too long continued, if we may but share and prove the fellowship with him who declared, I am in the midst of you as he that serveth. Luke 22:27. Brethren, here is the path to the higher life down, lower down. This was what Jesus ever said to the disciples who were thinking of being great in the kingdom and of sitting at his right hand and his left. Seek not, ask not for exaltation, that is God's work. Look to it that you abase and humble yourselves and take no place before God or man but that of servant. That is your work. Let that be your one purpose and prayer. God is faithful. Just as water ever seeks and fills the lowest place, so the moment God finds the creature abased and empty will His glory and power flow in to exalt and to bless. He that humbleth himself, that must be our one care, shall be exalted. That is God's care. By His mighty power and in His great love, He will do it. Men sometimes speak as if humility and meekness would rob us of what is noble and bold and manlike. Oh, that all would believe that this is the nobility of the kingdom of heaven, that this is the royal spirit that the King of heaven displayed, that this is godlike to humble oneself, to become the servant of all. This is the path to the gladness and the glory of Christ's presence ever in us, His power ever resting on us. Jesus, the meek and lowly one, calls us to learn from Him the path to God. Let us study the words we have been reading until our heart is filled with the thought, My one need is humility. 
And let us believe that what He shows, He gives. What He is, He imparts. As the meek and lowly one, He will come in and dwell in the longing heart. End of chapter 4 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Humility by Andrew Murray Chapter 5 Humility in the Disciples of Jesus Let him that is chief among you be as he that doth serve. Luke 22.26 We have studied humility in the person and teaching of Jesus. Let us now look for it in the circle of his chosen companions, the Twelve Apostles. If in the lack of humility we find in them the contrast between Christ and men is brought out more clearly, it will help us to appreciate the mighty change which Pentecost later wrought in them, and prove how real our participation can be in the perfect triumph of Christ's humility over the pride Satan had breathed into man. In the text quoted from the teaching of Jesus, we have already seen what the occasions were on which the disciples had proved how entirely wanting they were in the grace of humility. Once they had been disputing, by the way, which of them should be the greatest. Another time, the sons of Zebedee, with their mother, had asked for the first places, the seat on the right hand and the left. And later on, at the supper table on the last night, there was again a contention about who should be accounted the greatest. Not that there were not moments when they indeed humbled themselves before their Lord. So it was with Peter when he cried out, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. So too with the disciples when they fell down and worshipped him, who had stilled the storm. But such occasional expressions of humility only bring out into stronger relief what was the habitual tone of their mind, as shown in the natural and spontaneous revelation given at other times of the place and power of self. The study of the meaning of all this will teach us most important lessons. First, how much there may be of earnest and active religion while humility is still sadly lacking. See it in the disciples. There was in them fervent attachment to Jesus. They had forsaken all for him. The Father had revealed to them that he was the Christ of God. They believed in him. They loved him. They obeyed his commandments. They had forsaken all to follow him. When others went back, they clave to him. They were ready to die with him. But deeper down than all this, there was a dark power, the existence and the hideousness of which they were hardly conscious of, which had to be slain and cast out before they could be the witness of the power of Jesus to save. It is even so still. We may find theologians and ministers, evangelists and workers, missionaries and teachers, in whom the gifts of the Spirit are many and manifest, and who are the channels of blessing to multitudes, but of whom, when the testing time comes, or closer fellowship gives fuller knowledge, it is only too painfully manifest that the grace of humility, as an abiding characteristic, is scarce to be seen. All tends to confirm the lesson that humility is one of the chief and the highest graces, one of the most difficult of attainment, one to which our first and chiefest efforts ought to be directed, and one that only comes in power when the fullness of the Spirit makes us partakers of the indwelling Christ and He lives within us. 
Second, how impotent all external teaching and all personal effort is in conquering pride or giving me the meek and lowly heart. For three years the disciples had been in the training school of Jesus. He had told them what the chief lesson was he wished to teach them. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Time after time he had spoken to them, to the Pharisees, to the multitude, about humility as the only path to the glory of God. He had not only lived before them as the Lamb of God in his divine humility, he had more than once unfolded to them the inmost secret of his life. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. I am among you as one that serveth. He had washed their feet and told them they were to follow his example. And yet all had availed but little. At the Holy Supper there was still the contention as to who should be considered greatest. They had doubtless often tried to learn his lessons and firmly resolved not again to grieve him, but all was in vain. This should teach us the much-needed lesson that no outward instruction, not even by Christ himself, no argument, however convincing, no sense of the beauty of humility, however deep, no personal resolve or effort, however sincere and earnest, none of this can cast out the devil of pride. We must come to know that when Satan casts out Satan, it is only to enter afresh in the mightier, though more hidden power. Nothing can avail but this, that the new nature in its divine humility be revealed in power to take the place of the old, to become as truly our very nature as the former ever was. Third, it is only by the indwelling of Christ in his divine humility that we become truly humble. We have our pride from another, from Adam. We must have our humility from another, too. Pride is ours and rules in us with such terrible power because it is ourself, our very nature. Humility must be ours in the same way. It must be our very self, our very nature. As natural and easy as it has been to be proud, it must be, it will be, to be humble. The promise is, where, even in the heart, sin abounded, grace did abound more exceedingly. All Christ's teaching of his disciples and all their vain efforts were the needful preparation for his entering into them in divine power, to give and be in them what he had taught them to desire. In his death he destroyed the power of the devil, he put away sin, he effected an everlasting redemption. In his resurrection he received from the Father an entirely new life, the life of man energized by the power of God a life capable of being communicated to men and entering and renewing and filling their lives with his divine power. In his ascension, he received the Spirit of the Father, through whom he might do what he could not do while upon earth, make himself one with those he loved, actually live their life for them, so that they could live before the Father in a humility like his, because it was himself who lived and breathed in them. And on Pentecost he came and took possession. The work of preparation and conviction, the awakening of desire and hope which his teaching had effected, was perfected by the mighty change that Pentecost wrought. And the lives and the epistles of James and Peter and John bear witness that all was changed, and that the spirit of the meek and the suffering Jesus had indeed possession of them. 
What shall we say to these things? Among my readers, I am sure there is more than one class. There may be some who have never yet thought very specially of the matter and cannot at once realize its immense importance as a life question for the Church and its every member. There are others who have felt condemned for their shortcomings and have put forth very earnest efforts only to fail and be discouraged. Others, again, may be able to give joyful testimony of spiritual blessing and power, and yet there has never been the needed conviction of what those around them still see as missing. And still others may be able to witness that in regard to this grace the Lord has given deliverance and victory, even while He has taught them how much they still need and may expect out of the fullness of Jesus. To whichever class we belong, may I urge the pressing need there is for our all seeking a still deeper conviction of the unique place that humility holds in the religion of Christ, and the utter impossibility of the church or the believer being what Christ would have them be as long as his humility is not recognized as his chief glory, his first command, and our highest blessedness. Let us consider deeply how far the disciples were advanced while this grace was still so terribly lacking, and let us pray to God that our gifts may not so satisfy us that we never grasp the fact that the absence of this grace is the secret cause why the power of God cannot do its mighty work. It is only where we, like the Son, truly know and show what we can do, nothing of ourselves, that God will do all. It is when the truth of an indwelling Christ takes the place it claims in the experience of believers that the Church will put on her beautiful garments and humility be seen in her teachers and members as the beauty of holiness. End of chapter 5 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Humility by Andrew Murray Chapter 6 Humility in Daily Life He that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? 1 John 4.20 What a solemn thought! that our love to God will be measured by our everyday contact with men and the love it displays, and that our love to God will be found to be a delusion except as its truth is proved in standing the test of daily life with our fellow men. It is even so with our humility. It is easy to think we humble ourselves before God, but humility towards men will be the only sufficient proof that our humility before God is real that humility has taken up its abode in us and become our very nature, that we actually, like Christ, have made ourselves of no reputation. When in the presence of God, lowliness of heart has become not a posture in which we pray to Him, but the very spirit of our life, it will manifest itself in all our bearing towards our brethren. The lesson is one of deep import. The only humility that is really ours is not that which we try to show before God in prayer, but that which we carry with us and carry out in our ordinary conduct. The insignificances of daily life are the importances and the tests of eternity, because they prove what really is the spirit that possesses us. It is in our most unguarded moments that we really show and discern what we are. To know the humble man, to know how the humble man behaves, 
you must follow him in the common course of daily life. Is not this what Jesus taught? It was when the disciples disputed who should be considered greatest, when he related how the Pharisees loved the chief place at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues, when he had given them the example of washing their feet, that he taught his lessons of humility. Humility before God is nothing if not proved in humility before men. It is even so in the teaching of Paul. To the Romans he writes, In honor preferring one another. Set not your mind on high things, but condescend to those that are lowly. Be not wise in your own conceit. To the Corinthians, Love, and there is no love without humility as its root. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, seeketh not its own, is not provoked. To the Galatians, through love be servants one of another. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. To the Ephesians, immediately after the three wonderful chapters on the heavenly life, therefore walk with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, giving thanks always, subjecting yourselves one to another in the fear of Christ. To the Philippians, doing nothing through faction or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, each counting other better than himself. Have the mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and humbled himself. And to the Colossians, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving each other, even as the Lord forgave you. It is in our relation to one another, in our treatment of one another, that the true lowliness of mind and the heart of humility are to be seen. Our humility before God has no value except as it prepares us to reveal the humility of Jesus to our fellow men. Let us study humility in daily life in the light of these words. The humble man seeks at all times to act up to the rule in honor preferring one another, servants one of another, each counting others better than himself, subjecting yourselves one to another. The question is often asked, how can we count others better than ourselves when we see that they are far below us in wisdom and in holiness, in natural gifts or in grace received? The question proves at once how little we understand what real lowliness of mind is. True humility comes when, in the light of God, we have seen ourselves to be nothing, have consented to part with and cast away self, to let God be all. The soul that has done this and can say, So have I lost myself in finding thee, no longer compares itself with others. It has given up forever every thought of self in God's presence. It meets its fellow men as one who is nothing and seeks nothing for itself. It is a servant of God, and for his sake a servant of all. A faithful servant may be wiser than the master and yet retain the true spirit and posture of the servant. The humble man looks upon every child of God, even the feeblest and unworthiest, and honors him and prefers him in honor as the son of a king. 
The Spirit of Him who washed the disciples' feet makes it a joy to us to be indeed the least, to be servants one of another. The humble man feels no jealousy or envy. He can praise God when others are preferred and blessed before him. He can bear to hear others praised and himself forgotten, because in God's presence he has learned to say with Paul, I am nothing. He has received the Spirit of Jesus, who pleased not himself and sought not his own honor, as the Spirit of his life. Amid what are considered the temptations to impatience and touchiness, to hard thoughts and sharp words which come from the failings and sins of fellow Christians, the humble man carries the oft-repeated injunction in his heart and shows it in his life, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, even as the Lord forgave you. He has learned that in putting on the Lord Jesus, he has put on the heart of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. Jesus has taken the place of self, and it is not an impossibility to forgive as Jesus forgave. His humility does not consist merely in thoughts or words of self-deprecation, but as Paul puts it, in a heart of humility, encompassed by compassion and kindness, meekness and long-suffering, the sweet and lowly gentleness recognized as the mark of the Lamb of God. In striving after the higher experiences of the Christian life, the believer is often in danger of aiming at and rejoicing in what one might call the more human, the manly virtues such as boldness, joy, contempt of the world, zeal, self-sacrifice. Even the old Stoics taught and practiced these. While the deeper and gentler the diviner and more heavenly graces, those which Jesus first taught upon earth because he brought them from heaven, those which are more distinctly connected with his cross and the death of self, poverty of spirit, meekness, humility, lowliness, are scarcely thought of or valued. Therefore, let us put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, and let us prove our Christ-likeness not only in our zeal for saving the lost, but before all in our interaction with the brethren, forbearing and forgiving one another, even as the Lord forgave us. Fellow Christians, do let us study the Bible portrait of the humble man, and let us ask our brethren and ask the world whether they recognize in us the likeness to the original. Let us be content with nothing less than taking each of these texts as the promise of what God will work in us, as the revelation in words of what the Spirit of Jesus will give as a birth within us. And let each failure and shortcoming simply urge us to turn humbly and meekly to the meek and lowly Lamb of God, in the assurance that where He is enthroned in the heart, His humility and gentleness will be one of the streams of living water that flow from within us. Once again, I repeat what I have said before. I feel deeply that we have very little conception of what the Church suffers from the lack of this divine humility, the nothingness that makes room for God to prove His power. It has not been long since a Christian of an humble, loving spirit, acquainted with not a few mission stations of various societies, expressed his deep sorrow 
that in some cases the spirit of love and forbearance was sadly lacking. Men and women who back in Europe could each choose their own circle of friends when brought close together with others of uncongenial minds found it hard to bear and to love and to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And those who should have been fellow helpers of each other's joy became a hindrance and a weariness. And all for the one reason, the lack of the humility which counts itself nothing, which rejoices in becoming and being counted the least, and only seeks, like Jesus, to be the servant, the helper, and comforter of others, even the low, lowest and unworthiest. And whence comes it that men who have joyfully given up themselves for Christ find it so hard to give up themselves for their brethren? Is not the blame with the church? It has so little taught its sons and daughters that the humility of Christ is the first of the virtues, the best of all the graces and powers of the Spirit. It has so little proved that a Christ-like humility is what it, even like Christ, places and preaches first, as what is, in truth, needed and possible too. But let us not be discouraged. Let the discovery of the lack of this grace stir us to larger expectation from God. Let us look upon every brother who tries or vexes us as God's means of grace, God's instrument for our purification, an opportunity for our ex exercise of the humility Jesus, our life, breathes within us. And let us have such faith in the all of God and the nothing of self that as nothing in our own eyes we may in God's power only seek to serve one another in love. End of chapter 6 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Humility by Andrew Murray Chapter 7 Humility and Holiness Which say, Stand by thyself, for I am holier than thou. Isaiah 65, 5 We speak of the holiness movement in our times, and praise God for it. We hear a great deal about seekers after holiness and professors of holiness, about holiness teaching and holiness meetings. The blessed truths of holiness in Christ and holiness by faith are being emphasized as never before. The great test as to whether the holiness we profess to seek or to have attained is truth and life will, however, be whether it is manifest in the increasing humility it produces. In the creature, humility is the one thing needed to allow God's holiness to dwell in him and shine through him. In Jesus, the Holy One of God, who makes us holy, a divine humility was the secret of his life and his death and his exaltation. So the one infallible test of our holiness will be the humility before God and